Covino and Rich. Every second of your show is pure greatness. So how do they select a best of the week? What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. What do you want to do? Whatever's the best. I think it's all good. What about that conversation about butt cheek size? Which one? The one from Tuesday? We had like three of them. How about we just like shoot for it? Can we flip a coin, Spot? Covino and Rich's best of the week. You're not going to put Rich talking about The Bachelor on there, right, Spot? Don't do that. Please don't do that. Only on Faction Talk 103. Saturday night, I'm out and about. We go out. We're done. Uh, we have Emmy. We have a Emmy's final fucking birthday party. I don't know if anyone else deals with relatives and family and friends across the country. You sort of have to reenact the kid birthday multiple times. I, did you deal with that with Melody, with Layla's family, your family, friends? Like, do you have you done the multiple party? I don't think so. Spot, you uh, could see. Yeah, yeah, spot, maybe, you could see like how a smaller level. Yeah. Spot, you could see if you you know when you and Kristen have a kid, you could see you having a little birthday cake for your kid with us in L.A. Yeah. Then like seeing Kristen's family, then seeing like Phyllis and your siblings. Like you could see like you're reenacting the same shit over and over. Of course. I, I think yours was more extreme, considering you you were doing like a tour. I think I don't think ever my, mine's probably never exceeded two. Yeah, I mean, but but. Two. I mean, we did three. I'm just saying we had family in New York, family in Texas, and, you know, you guys in L.A. Yeah, it makes sense. So we're finally done doing the, uh, doing the third birthday party. We, uh, Sarah, we rented a little children's museum in Texas because a lot of her friends' kids are like four or five years old. So had some little fun afternoon, you know, pizza, juice boxes. It was my first experience with a kid's birthday party, and it was my own kids. So I'm like, oh, I have a million of these headed my way week okay we we get out of the party we have to go to a friend's another friend's birthday party at some spanish restaurant called glorious now we're at glorious it's a friend's birthday so drinks are flowing i'm really not drinking much at all but drinks are flowing i see people having tequila drinks frozen specialty drinks on tap everyone's yeah, but you just said on on what was it Thursday or Friday that you you were you were done with this. Yeah, scene. no, I told you I I was uh, I I took it easy. I took it easy. But you're at a G L O R I A's. Gloria, Gloria. No, I was thinking the much cooler version. No, there's no cooler Gloria! version than Gloria. Who's you think there's spot? a you think there's a better version? I than so. Laura Branigan. This uh, is the song. Apparently not. So what song are you singing? The song you're singing, I don't even think people know. No, you don't know, because you're a burger of the goons. Whoa, ho, ha, whoa, ho, ha. Diggy do. You know I am. Diggy do. So we're, we're having, I'm having fish tacos and some mm-hmm. plantains, and I'm doing my. It's like a, Platano. it's like a Mexican side of the venue. Then there's like Spanish food. It was a cool place. It was nice. It was in, it was uh, far out in San Antonio. Platano. And so we 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 do the whole dinner. We're having drinks. The check comes, and this is a side story. I can't understand how people outside of New York are so weird about like splitting the check. It's fucking mind boggling to me. Like, let's say there's five couples. It's so it's so normal in other places for the waiter to bring out five separate checks. And, and to me, it's like, don't you just have one check and be like, all right, we all relatively had the same amount. Boom, split it five ways. But yeah, but nope. now you sound like like Howard Stern, who's downplaying the you know rock and roll or radio hall of fame. You know, 
you're now you're you're frowning at people who have a different sort of lifestyle and, and different budget a little bit. You know, their money's more important to them than it is to you. No, but what I'm saying is all the entrees on this menu range from maybe fifteen to twenty five dollars, and no one was. Uh, ordering uh, 10 trim cocktails and uh, all these expensive drinks. Everyone was sort of in the same ballpark. So at first I was thrown off by, all right, because the waitress said, is one check fine? And I, and I said, yes. And everyone's like, blah, blah, blah. like it was a fucking like, like I said, uh, I, I made a fucking huge error. So we get separate checks. So here we go, paying the bill. I get my, I get my, uh, I get the check back. I go to sign. And I'm like, where's my wallet? Oh, no. I'm like, where the fuck is my wallet? Because I had my credit card out, right, Spot? I had my credit card out. So which means I must have my wallet on me because you're not gonna you don't carry your fucking credit card on the spare. You don't carry it like solo in your pocket. I mean, so I, you had your I credit did, card out. So I'm thinking, where's my wallet? My wallet's gotta be somewhere. Now, here's the fucking hilarious, annoying part of this. As I can't find my wallet, this place Gloria's is turning into a salsa club. Oh. At 10 p.m., this restaurant, the whole side we're sitting on, is turning into a salsa club. So everyone's doing their best Ben Stiller and along came Polly like, hey, they're clearing our table. They're breaking down our table. And I'm like, whoa, time out. Wait, where's my wallet? Where the fuck is my wallet? I can't, I, I can't find my wallet. Some guy named Hector's dancing on it. <laughs> I can't find my wallet. I'm looking under the table. He's, 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 he's dancing with a, a, a tall chick. I'm, I'm looking on the on table. I'm like, high wallet. Where on earth is my fucking wallet? I can't find my wallet anywhere. And the bus boys and waitress and everyone, no one seems to be any fucking help. I'm like, yo, I can't find my wallet. Where's my wallet? I'm looking around. I'm like, Dude, it's not my pocket. you tell a fucking room full of Mexicans that you're missing your wallet? They're looking for to take it home. Yeah. Not for you. <laughs> oh, senor says he's missing his wallet or something. Oh, okay. I'll be on the look for it right now. So I'm freaking out because not wait, only there's a missing wallet somewhere. Everyone scatters oh. like cockroaches because oh, they're wait, trying that, to find your wallet. And he's a gringo. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get the wallet. Yeah, missing. Uh, by the way, missing wallet. Uh, scavenger hunt. Sure, sure, sure. We'll look for your wallet. Or That's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. By the way, I'm trying not to think that you racist. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking. Where Just the leave your money? number. We'll let you know. Sure. Wait. What color is it again? Yo, look for a black wallet. How much money was in it again? <laughs> yeah. How many credit cards you say inside the wallet, senor? And perhaps, do you know the limit on the credit cards? <laughs> uh, but just say, perhaps, perchance, I find a wallet. Do you happen to know the pin code? <laughs> Yo, like, if you were to By pick, like, four, if you were to pick, like, four numbers you love in sequence, <laughs> what would those numbers be? Oh, and by the way, <laughs> what's your billing address? I know. Just in case. Yo, in case we find it and send it back to you, what is your mailing zip code and mother's maiden name in case? <laughs> Go home. He comes home later that night. Go home, Pablo. You smell drunk again. He comes home. He's like, but, but Rosita, I found the gringo's wallet. Hi, Pablo. Oh, you've changed our stars. Hi, Pablo. Not my first or my last. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You saved the family. That's what you did. Yeah. Oh. You so I'm Astraeus. You can't Spot. tell a room full of people you don't know that you're missing your wallet. You got to be on the lookout first, doing so the I'm army crawl around I'm the nachos. I'm, I'm telling everyone, I'm like, "Where is my wallet?" I'm trying to be so calm because I picture this. You with I'm with like four other couples, so 
I don't want to look like the person that's freaking out, like, where's my wallet? I don't want to lo- I don't want to look like I'm uh, crazed about this. You know that feeling where you don't want to look like, I don't want to look like I'm overreacting. It's the worst. I don't want to look like I'm overreacting. But I'm sort of freaking out, not because of my, not because of my credit cards. In fact, my credit cards, the least of my worries. You cancel them right away, boom. You know what I was thinking about, Spot? I'm flying home to LA today. If I don't have an ID, that's got to be that. The process is probably absurd. See, si, senor, my name is Rich Davis. <laughs> no, how do you? I, like, I don't even know, Spot. That that was a question I never. I still haven't even looked up the answer to. If you don't have ID and lose your wallet, how way. do you fly? Uh, there's a way. P- people do it all the time. There's a way. I know, but I'm, I'm get, but I'm thinking. Does that mean I have to go to the airport like five hours early for a whole screening process Probably. or something? Like, so I'm. That's what I'm worried about. And I'm like, oh, not only that. My SiriusXM IDs to swipe in the building, that's probably more of a pain in the ass than replacing my credit card. Your credit card, they just FedEx to you the next day. Right, right. So I'm like, oh, no. So I'm trying not to panic. I'm like, yeah, guys, I can't find my wallet. Could you guys look under your chair? And I'm, I'm not even joking. The minute we're closing out, they're setting up a fucking salsa room. The lights start, a disco ball, lights start coming on. Where our table was is being taken away, and people are now dancing. Disco Deca! And so I'm like, I'm weaving in around people who are making their way to the fucking salsa dance while looking for my wallet. Yet still, no one's helping. I'm like, where is my wallet? I picture Rich like a, like, a, like a cartoon where you know someone drops something and they're searching it, and like meanwhile the mariachi guys are there and yeah. just trying to bob and weave and get to his wallet. And someone's like dancing like, picture, picture, across picture, the room. He like almost gets it. Picture, <laughs> picture me crawling on the floor, no, like and, and, and there's up, people like there's people da- dancing the, feet around me. No, it ends up in the in the, the mariachi tuba players like yeah. a horn, and he blows it out, and, and it goes flying somewhere else. It's in someone's hat, and they're dancing. Rich goes to grab it, and then they flip. Then they flip their hat, and it goes somewhere else. I get it. So, it's on the waiter's nacho tray. I'm trying desperately to find this wallet. And now I'm freaking out because I'm like, if I can't find my wallet, how am I going to fly home? i got to cancel all these cards. Then i got to talk to Kevin and all the people at work about, I need new parking passes and an ID and my SiriusXM ID. Then, I, then, I'm, like, then I'm sentimental. I'm like, no, man, I had that SiriusXM ID for like 15 years. Bummer, you know? So I then say, Listen, listen to the waitress. We got to find this wallet. What, do you, what are we going to do? She goes, maybe they took it away with the food by mistake. So I'm like, I'll come with you. I go to the sure, kitchen. Sure, sure, by mistake. I go to the kitchen, <laughs> and they lay out like a tarp, and they, they empty out a garbage can, and I'm sifting through fucking garbage. Are you kidding me? Looking for my wallet, thinking that maybe maybe meanwhile you didn't, you didn't try to cause a scene or anything. They're just sifting through garbage now in the kitchen. No, no, right. I'm sifting through garbage. Meanwhile, there's a whole party going on. Hold on, what would you do, dummy? I what know, would you but do? You, you you were downplaying it. Like now, there this just seems to be this went from zero to sixty real quick. All right, well, when you go to the waiter, the waiter or the waitress and say, "Hey, I lost my wallet. What do we got to do? What's the options?" Because clearly, it went somewhere. I would have, I would have definitely been freaking out. So. I'm sifting. I'm, I pour a garbage can like completely over, and I'm sifting through people's fucking oros compolio. I got like uh, this p- uh, sticky b- bananary plantains that, and I and I have no gloves or anything. I'm sifting through other people's waste, looking for my wallet. Can't find it. Some other guy comes up. He's like, you know, the little, you know, the nice cloth black napkins. Maybe it got caught up in there since your wallet's black. So he brings out a fucking laundry bag. Like hundreds of blank of uh, little black t- napkins. So now I, you're sifting through napkins. Now I'm sifting through napkins one at a time, like like a fucking magician, like pulling fucking out of my sleeve. 
I'm going through the napkins. Nothing. And then I'm like, did I go to the bat? Did I drop the? Did I drop her my credit card? Did I during the bill drop? Did I give her my credit card and then go to the bathroom? Maybe I left my wallet in the bathroom. And, you're, we- the- and you're weird with your wallet. Like you, you are always taking your wallet out of your pocket and leaving it places. So now the bathroom attendant has to dump his whole thing of mints and cologne just so Rich could find his wallet. I am not. No, he had to go through doo towels. Now you have to go through doo doo napkins. I go in the bathroom, and this is, I'm not even joking, I swear on your encounter with Stallone. <laughs> I go in the bathroom, and I'm thinking, if I did leave my wallet out on the sink or somewhere, it's not here. Which means maybe someone said, let me take what I want, and I'll just throw out the wallet. So then I'm like, do I have to? I think I do. I had to take out the garbage can from the from the restaurant you went through someone's doo-doo and, napkins. No, doo-doo napkins. no 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 worse 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 i'm gonna tell you why worse worse because i don't know about 10 minutes earlier fucking juanito decides to change the urinal cakes oh no oh. i gotta tell you this too you think they're just like hand towels I go into the bathroom here. I'll be the first to admit. Did to you do say hand towels? No, hand towels. Oh, okay, hand towels. Okay. The hand, the paper towels. Yeah. I'll go into the bathroom here at the office and use a paper towel to wipe your ass. And I'll do a quick ass wipe and no! then sleep back, and I'll throw it right in there. Cause I, yeah, absolutely. Do you know how many people were doing that after sweating oh, for Mexican yeah. food? Oh, I gotta oh. tell you, oh, those nachos are extra spicy. Jalapenos too much. They go in there. They did the courtesy like ass uh, swass oh. wipe. And they threw it in there, and you're sifting through it with your doo-doo caca fingers now. And urinal cakes. Yeah. And guess what? Not in the garbage can. So I'm trying. I'm, I'm like losing so wait, my mind. So, so far you've sifted through people's uh, thrown out food, yeah. through people's dirty napkins, and then through yeah. people's ass napkins and urinal cakes. Have you taken I'm like, at the ass I'm at, Clorox yet? I'm, I know. By the way, I'm at a very low moment at this point. I'm like, I lost my wallet. I've just gone through fucking urinal cakes and fucking doo-doo towels. And then I go back out to the restaurant thinking maybe – and th- there's no hope. If it's anywhere near the restaurant, in the, in the restaurant, gone now because the whole area – picture this. The whole part of the restaurant that was a restaurant is now a dance floor with fucking disco disco lights. So I can't even like look around. It's loud salsa music. And I'm like, my wallet was here. My wallet might be somewhere here. Ah, fuck it. It's not. It's not gonna be there anymore. And, and at this point, what's he saying? And by the way, I'm trying to downplay this so cool. Like no one, no, no one in my party knows I'm doing this because they're all fucking dancing and having a drink. Like, yo, did you find your wallet yet? And I'm like, no, no, keep having fun. I'll, I'll find it. I got it. Don't worry. like. I'm trying to downplay because I don't want to cause a commotion. You know when you don't want the you don't want the group of people you're How with. How much to- more of a commotion can you, you cause? You haven't so done it yet. Do, do, you, what's your next thing here to clear out the dance floor? No. Hold on, guys. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. Stop the music. Stop it. Stop it. Everybody, stop dancing. Everybody. Oh. Hey, who's the big-headed buffoon? Boo! Boo this Boo. man! Boo. Guys, guys! Boo. Get the fuck out of here! Settle down, guys! Guys, this is really Boo. important! This is really important! This is really important! <laughs> I lost my wallet! And then everyone scatters. They start looking for it. <sighs> so I, I'm t- Wait, guys! My wallet! So, so what's equally frustrating is that I lost my wallet. <laughs> Bro, turn the music! Can you guys turn the music down? Turn the music! So what's equally frustrating is that I'm going through fucking doo-doo garbage cans, urinal cakes, 
folded up fucking ass napkins and and dirty dishes in the fucking kitchen. Asta. To try to find to try to find my wallet. Asta. Meanwhile, I walk out and I see Sarah and her friends all fucking like salsa dancing, having the time of their life, and they're all like, "Yo, you find your wallet?" And I'm like, "Oh no, no, can fucking keep dancing, keep having fun." And I finally say, "Yo, listen, we gotta find this wallet." I talked to the I, I and I talked to the I talked to the waitress who was really nice. I listen. The, I, I, the waitress was super sweet. She was trying to be helpful, but I th- she was like young, and I think she was like, "I don't know what to tell you." No see. And I said, "Yo, where's your no manager see, at?" The see, manager bro, goes, wallet. "The manager goes, uh, <laughs> all right, you know, come with me. We must do this." I'm like, "Do what?" He's like, "Let's go through the security footage." <gasps> so now I'm not like, trying I'm to gonna... cause a commotion. No, not at all. <laughs> Only the busiest time of the night, apparently. But hold on. I answer me this. I what? would be equally as panicked, but you can't downplay the commotion you were no, causing. No, I'm not causing any commotion. Okay, none. You're fucking the doing whole, magic keep tricks it, Keep in, in mind, too, this is all based on your irresponsibility. I know. I, I'm getting feedback. It's like, this is not the waiter's problem. You're fucking up the whole night now. By the way, I want to know what you would have done. When I would have. I would have felt the missing. same way. I get. You it. wouldn't have done. You wouldn't have taken any the of these phone, same. Ten, you these you are have, panicky moments. I'm wait, with you. You're trying to tell me you wouldn't have gone through the bathroom garbage. You wouldn't have went through. You wouldn't have went to the kitchen. Been like, yo, I'll help you. So I didn't ask them to go through the trash. I said, let me go. Th- I'll go through the trash. Where is it? You know what? Like, I, I don't know. I don't they know. have. They have a, 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 an instant guilt where they assume you're going to think one of their guys stole it. So they're yeah. going to really try their hardest to get to the bottom of this. So, so you're trying to tell me so that, trash, so that you're El trying to tell me, Famo Blanco uh, feels okay about things. You're trying to tell me that none of you three fucking jabroni doofuses, Jake included, wouldn't have gone through every step I've done so far. You would have just said, oh, give up, no wallet. You would have just given I don't, up. I don't know if I would have had a tarp in the kitchen sorting through people's shit, trash. So what would you have done? Spot, you would have said, oh, I guess my wallet's my wallet. I mean, I feel like I would have looked at normal places for it. Like what? What's a normal place? Go ahead. Let's hear it. Normal place. You mean the table I was sitting at that doesn't? That is now I a picture, fucking salsa dance floor? I picture Rich like like Ace Ventura. You know, like he's very Jim Carrey in his demeanor. And you got the fucking pantry guys doing the dishes and shit in the kitchen. Rich is on the floor, like looking and, and scoping them out. <laughs> well, Armstrong is saying, Armstrong's saying he would have been working. Well, so I'm getting how feedback. How long have you been doing dishes? Have you I'm, seen my wallet? I'm I'm getting feedback saying people would have been worse than me. When you lose your wallet, you got to find that fucking wallet. It's like Miss Lippy and the dog. You find that fucking dog. I'm with you, dude. But you're at, you're saying that you weren't causing commotions. Now you got managers no, looking no. through security cameras. Listen, what does the manager do? That's that part of their job is to manage a restaurant, and that's part of the managerial responsibilities. No, what I I'm so curious. You three knuckleheads, you're trying to tell me Jake. Spot or you, Cavino. None of you would have done I the things that I be, did so far. Here's the thing. I, we've what would you have done? We've all would have done the same thing, but I find you okay. to be extremely careless with your wallet. You're the guy that leaves your wallet in the car all the time. You're always fiddling with your wallet. You're always taking it out. You're the guy that never you carries keys because you leave keys everywhere. You're fucking weird because your pockets are too tight. You know, so you always take shit out. You're always. You're definitely that guy. So honestly, knowing you and your habits, you're to blame. Sorry. <sighs> Yeah, spot. Back me on that. Oh, I totally How back you often, on that. How often? Fucking Jason Ellis hates you. You know why? For ma- for many reasons. But because you, he's in the middle of a show and you leave your keys in the studio all the time and you, and you interrupt them. It's like my keys are in my front pocket. Fucking keep your keys in your pocket along with your wallet. Oh my god! If they're too tight, 
And so you take it out, you leave it there, and of course fucking uh, Pablito's going to pick it up with the napkins. So... Well, when you, when you do your when you do the check drop, you never put your wallet on the table. You put it immediately back in your pocket to take it out again to put your credit card back in. Usually, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, yeah. I, I, so wait, you're trying to try you, to. You, you everybody has your, mistakes. Wait, but you so are, you take your, your so you take always out. So you take your wallet out, give them the credit card, put your wallet back in your pocket to take it out again a minute later. Yeah, usually. Sometimes I don't know. I mean, sometimes I will leave it there, but I'll, it's like under my elbow when I do that. I get how it can happen. Don't get me wrong. This could happen to anybody. But I'm saying, knowing you and your habits, you're more prone to, you know, throw your keys in the trash and shit like that because you always so, leave them places. I go with the manager, and now I feel like I'm on a real investigation because he's like, all right, I got the, uh, he's like, good for you, sir. The table you were at is right under the security cam. So I'm like, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, if you don't think Pablito knows how to like, uh, relax, relax. What block, country you th- block the cameras? The man this? works there. He, kn- he knows where they are. What country you think this is? Relax. So we'll get your I wallet. Am. Here I am. He's like you. He's like you. Could, here, there's like 20 cameras. He's like, go to camera 11. I go, I feel like I'm on some investigation. I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm watching. Uh, Which is part of like oh, like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm in some. I, I, I forgot I'm in a restaurant. I feel like I'm in a surveillance van parked outside, waiting to like waiting to bust the criminals. It fucking felt cool for me. I was like, I was in there with him. Like, all right, camera 11. Fast forward. Fast forward. Ah, pause it right there. She dropped the check, <laughs> and you see me reach for my wallet. You see me take my wallet. How, how clear yeah. is this? How, how spot, handsome this spot. I was, is right I now. was. Rich is like, look how handsome I look. You were checking yourself out. I know what I did up until up until that. You know what I did? I did look like a handsome like George Clooney type. Just hanging with a bunch of bunch of Mexican guys. By the way, leading up to that point, I did point out to myself like, man, I am working the table. I feel like I'm. I looked like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Everyone's like belly laughing, and I'm like, oh. Rich is like he looks like he's the dealer at a casino, you know, and everyone's just around him. Point. He's pointing at everybody. So you see me? I go. Pause it. I take out my wallet. Sorry, Spot. I take out my wallet. You see me hand her the credit card. She takes it. You see me put the wallet directly in front of me. And now I'm like, all right, now we've located the wallet. Now we're fast forwarding very slowly to see what happens. And we fast forward 30 seconds. Senor, all I see is you sniffing your finger over and over again. I don't see anything with the wallet. You must have one of those doodle caca fingers. Yeah, why would the senor, something wrong with your fingers? So we get back to the videotape, Warner Wolf style. We go to the videotape. And I sign the check. My buddy Rick, the birthday guy, who it was his 39th birthday yesterday, one of Sarah's friends that I've known over the years. He had probably a good five to ten margaritas because he was the birthday guy and everyone's buying him drinks and cocktails and everything. He stands up, puts his wallet in his pocket, sits down, immediately stands up again, takes my wallet, puts it in his pocket. Sits down. And I'm like, fuck, Rick has my wallet? I go to the dance floor, and I see this bozo salsa dancing drunk with his wife and my wife. And they're like, ay, ay, ay. Rich, you're missing out on all the fun, bro. Where you been? Where you been doing? This is the greatest night of my life. And I go, Rick. Rick. Yeah, yeah, stop bothering me. It's my birthday. Beat it. 
Yo, Rick, when I when I said I lost my wallet, Rick, when I said I lost my wallet, did you check your pocket? I can't and go, hear you, bro. But I hey, love Rick, you, man. Rick, yeah. when I Rick, when I when I said I lost my wallet, did you check your pocket? Yeah, no, yeah. I was I was dancing, man. Hold on, let me say. Oh shit, I do have your wallet. My bad, bro. Yeah, my bad. Later. Later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you have stains all over your clothes. You have doo kaga finger. You have a banana peel I, I, on your head. You have fucking uh, <laughs> kitchen napkins up your ass. I sifted through fucking urinal cakes, dirty napkins, fucking. I, I have like I have like a flan stain on my shirt from. Fu- I, I I spilled the dessert on myself in this in this process. Oh, I have flan. I have goo for. I have like the, the you know they like the silk the slick goof on flan. This fucking jabroni takes your wallet and doesn't give a. Funk. Meanwhile, you probably cursed out and suspected every. Mexican. See, you're. I no, told I you it wasn't no, us. No, it's I a gringo friend. No, I didn't. No, I, uh, to be honest, truthfully, I, I would have accused. Hey, someone... I'll, let me be the first to say this then, because yeah. I'll be honest. I would have yeah. accused every one of them. They no, were all guilty I, until until no. I found that. I don't, it was I don't, you. It was I'm you, not, Hector. I I'm, know it. No, I'm not saying that in a politically correct way. My thought was that's just my mindset. My thought that if someone swiped it, I don't think I. I didn't think it was a restaurant worker. I I thought. Maybe I put it somewhere, or when I went to the bathroom and some fucking scumbag saw it and like took took money or whatever, and then just threw it in the garbage can. Like I thought something like that was going to be the result, but to find out, I went through shit, dirty napkins, bags of trash in the kitchen, urinal cake, doo doo caca finger garbage, to find that my drunk friend who was celebrating his birthday put both our wallets in his pocket by mistake. Yeah, it's like that feeling where you you did shit all I was day. So, right? I was so relieved, but at the same time, I was like, dude, if you weren't the birthday boy, and I didn't fucking love you. Yeah, he deserves this a guy. Punch this in guy's the one nose. of this guy's one of the nicest guys ever. We had like I, I sat, of course, I sat across from him at dinner because we were catching up. He and realized if it he had wasn't, two wallets in his pocket. Oh, I mean, oh, yes, he was te- like, "Yo, yes, I'm Texas sorry, man." Pants. Oh, so yeah, no, he uh, he is definitely. Uh, he only gets away with it because it's his, it's his birthday and he was drunk, but I wanted to fucking strangle him at that moment. There's many moments similar along the lines of, <laughs> in life. It's like you, you break your ass all day. You're putting uh, Ikea furniture together. You're raking leaves. You're skimming the pool. You're fucking mowing lawns. You're doing all this hard work, building a shed, putting up a gate. And then uh, you finally sit down to watch the NBA Finals, and then your wife comes home. She's like, "Did you do? What'd you do all day?" And you're like, "What did I do all day?" <laughs> you were sitting right here when I left. Like, ah. Oh. Or yeah, like, I, I remember when Indiana Jones. Um, this is my favorite example. Oh, short, I know. Oh, short yeah. round. Short is, round. She's like, "Do something, kid!" Right? No, short <laughs> round. Fooling is, around with that kid. Yeah, short round's beating the shit out of the Maharaja, a little Indian kid, and uh, he almost dies right to save Indiana Jones. And then Indiana Jones, uh, he goes short round. Quit fooling around with that kid because he thinks he's fucking like playing uh, jacks or something, playing uh, old maid with the kid. Meanwhile, yeah. he's almost dying trying to save uh, Indiana Jones. By the way, you're no fucking one. there with 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 doo stains all over your clothes. Trust while me, while this guy's fucking uh, dancing the rumba. Trust me when I say that no, none of Sarah's friends knew at close to the, they they must have thought I was just talking to the manager like standing by the bar hey, waiting Rich, to see if they found it. Hey, what are you out about, man? Have a great time. Here's your wallet. Yeah. <sighs> Woo! Okay. Awesome, none, of, none of the people we were with, none of the people, maybe, except Sarah on the way home, heard the whole story. I, I was like, no one even knows what I just went through for Rick to just have it in his fucking pocket. But it was... So while you're meeting Sly Stallone, I'm sounds going like through a, fucking sounds, trash. Sounds like a, a Ben Stiller sort of scenario. Right? Doesn't <laughs> it? does. Oh. <laughs> ben Stiller. Like oh, his, hey, man. He, I had he, it the whole he, time. Huh? His hair's on fire at one point. Oh. 
Oh man, and you were at Gloria's. Can I was like Gloria's, Gloria's? In, yeah. Gloria's in San Antonio, which by the way is a. I, I got to give them props. They were super cooperative. They were super cool. And the food and no, and the food, the food was fantastic. Spot. I know you like a good fish taco. They were fantastic. So, I'll give props to. Our pals at Gloria's in San Antonio. At the G-L-O-R-I-A's. Van Morrison. Yeah. It's Van Morrison, right? Probably. Of course. course. Whoa. So, bam, boom. Ah. Then I shit my pants. The end. Hey, I think the moral of the story is don't be like me. Because I would have been deep down accusing everybody. It has nothing to do with ethnicity or race or anything like that. It happens to be you're at a Mexican restaurant. Hey, if you're new to the show, I'm a half-breed Vato local myself. I would just be accusing everyone first. You could be at a Greek diner yeah. or a Chinese restaurant. Wherever you would go, Cavino would be the first person to think that someone thieved it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got you to gotta take accountability and assume that maybe you're the guy that fucked up and... You know, there are still good people out there, and I'm glad you found it. It was just a mix-up, yeah. but a funny story, man. I'm glad just, you got uh, your wallet. No, me too, because I, I I really feel like it would have been such a pain in the ass. Shit just, happens. You know, our buddy Keith Velez was here on, on Friday, right? Yeah. He has the funniest story where, um, remember, he was uh, he was just using a public bathroom somewhere, and right there on the sink was, what was it, Willie McGee's World Series ring? Was it Willie McGee? Yeah. Yeah, Willie oh, McGee's yeah. World Series ring. Like St. Louis Cardinal, Willie McGee. And he's like, holy shit. Right there on the sink. This majestic St. Louis Cardinal World Series championship ring. He took it off to wash his hands, and he happened to be there while, it, while Willie McGee must have just been doing that. And somehow, you know, as the story goes, Willie McGee, imagine how frantic that motherfucker felt. Like, God, nigga, the damn. It's my World Series oh, ring. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my wife's going to kill me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our buddy Keith, who listens to the show, just happened to find it and it ended up returning it to him. You know, so th- there's good people out there. Those are the worst, most frantic feelings. You know, it's no World Series ring, but uh, you know, you never give up hope yeah. that that you're gonna get it back. And uh, you know, nine times out of ten for me, I don't get it back. But uh, I'm glad you got yours back, Rich. Yeah, no, it was just, dude, pain in the ass. But no, I, I got it back. The end. Yeah. So and tell me again how you're not jealous about me and Spot rubbing elbows and butt cheeks with Sylvester Sloan and you were digging no, in doo-doo I had, diapers. I had, I had a much better time. You were digging uh, in doo-doo trash. D- digging in doo-doo trash. <laughs> you, yeah. You were at Stallone. Yeah. yeah. Like I was digging trash and stuff. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. courtesy ass wipe. You're sifting through it. Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I not hope those are refried I've, beans. I, 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 can't, I can't lie, buddy. I because... hope that's mole poblano. Oh, no. oh, my God. There's so much mole sauce. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I've done what you're talking about. The, Senor, the, that's not mole sauce. The, the courtesy S, the courtesy S wipe does happen, and, I, and I've done it. So, like, I know I went through other people's doo-doo. Yeah, that's terrible. <sighs> All right. Well, that's a rich story of uh, never give up hope. And don't point the finger. It's a story, it's a story of hope. And yeah, bef- before you f- point the finger at others, point at your stupid friend Rick's or whatever is that his name? Right, Rick. Rick yeah. yeah, you point at your point it at yourself and uh, figure out how you can he, figure it out. What if he knew what he was doing? Oh, what a bamboozle, huh? Uh, he's a he's a successful guy. He's a rich guy. You know how you get rich? He's swiping wallets. Steal, you know how you become rich? Steal he steals wallet. identification. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First time he steals his wallet, then his wife. He's an oil tycoon. Right. The best of Covino and Rich on Faction Talk 103. So my brother, good-hearted Bobo. <laughs> what, yo? Gets a phone call. 
Hello? And, and I think, you know, again, this is like a story I got through Snapchat. And like I vaguely put the pieces together from my family members. He gets a phone call, I believe, on the house line. Nobody calls the house line, right? Because nobody answers the house line. You know that life. Who's do, calling the house do, line? Do, 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 Who's do, calling the house do, line? Do, do. You get the answering machine. <laughs> the answering machine from 30 years ago. <laughs> we discussed that. That one's still you is still in action. Reached the ki- My mom, her really apathetic message. You, you have reached... Back in the day, in the the early 80s when my parents were a little little more vibrant and less bitter. Hi, you've reached the Cavino family. You've reached S&H Vending. Now it's, you have reached the Cavino family. And then you hang up because no one checks that shit. So somehow my brother answers the house line to my (laughs) understanding. Hello? Hi, is this Tommy? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Why? <laughs> Who's this? Right? Like someone called for my brother. No one's ever probably in his life called the house line for my brother. So think about this. Yeah. Whoa. Meanwhile, I'm gonna give you the whole reasoning right off the bat. They weren't looking for my brother Tommy. They were looking for my uncle Tommy, my dad's brother. So someone found that name in the phone book, right? <laughs> This is still a phone book? I don't know. How, how do they call this number? I don't, I don't know. know. At least again, I'm confused by the story as well. <laughs> right? Somehow they're like, or they're like, hi, who's this? Just Tommy, right? I, I don't know how it went down. Tommy, you? Oh, Tommy Cavino? Yeah. But they're thinking, uh, to my understanding, that they're talking to Tom Cavino, my dad's brother, Uncle Tommy. But they're talking to my brother, Dummy Tommy, lovable Bobo, right? Oh, well, Tommy, uh, if you want to tell the rest of the family... Uh, we're really, really sorry to uh, inform you. Let's just say, I don't know who listens to this show, okay? okay. Yeah. So for the sake of, like, respect, yeah. let's just say uh, Uncle Fred died. You know, Uncle Fred, Fred? from the other side of the family. Oh, Uncle no. Fred died. So my brother my brother doesn't even know, like, his first generation uncle, let alone, like, yeah. two generations away. Whoa. My brother's like, what? Uncle Fred? <laughs> So he probably doesn't even know how to react to this. That right? is awful news, he, he's my thinking, man. He's thinking, <laughs> right? He's thinking, who's Uncle Fred, yo? That's terrible news, broski. <laughs> <laughs> my brother doesn't even know who's his cousin and who's his aunt, right? Because he's the youngest in the family, and and families fall apart by the time yeah. that kid is old enough. You know, he doesn't know anybody. My dad, my brother, didn't even know his own <laughs> grandfather. Okay, because my grandfather was dead by the time he was even alive. Yeah. So my brother's like, who, yo? Uncle Fred? Great Uncle Fred? <laughs> That's a bummer, bro. S- sorry to hear about that, yo. <laughs> so he's probably like, fuck, I got to tell dad Uncle Fred died. How's dad going to react? He probably is like filled with all these weird emotions because he doesn't even know. <laughs> right? So as the story goes, again, to my understanding, I don't want to make shit up. I don't know. No, you know, my dad comes home. Yeah, yeah, tips, tipsy doodle, bup, bup, boo, 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 right? Another hey. day, another dollar. Yeah, his keys are on his fucking, he, he comes home like Snyder with a fucking, you know, his set of keys are jingling and jangling like he's a maintenance guy from his belt. So, you know, oh, dad's home. I hear the keys. Hey, hey, what's cooking? Hey, dad, yo, got some bad news, yo. <laughs> Sorry, have a seat. 
Hey, what, what, what's going on, Tommy? Right? I'm not even kidding you. I'm sorry. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it really is. When you, when you know the perspective. When, when, I, when I know the people involved, and anyone that listens knows the way you've talked about your family for years. So I'm picturing your, your, your dad and your brother sitting down now. Yeah. And your brother, like, thinking, how do I break this? How do I break this? I don't even know who this guy is. Right? And he's like, I don't know. I got a weird phone call. Yeah. Phone call from, like, Fanny from the other side of the fit, like yeah. Fanny so and so. I don't know. I'm making up names now because uh, out of respect. They told me that Uncle Fred died. My dad's like Uncle Fred died, <laughs> right? Yeah. My dad's like, yeah, I haven't seen Uncle Fred in over thirty years. He's like, I lost my parents. You know, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, my dad goes back outside and he fucking lives his life. So my, the, point, the point of the story is this. I'm not saying my dad didn't give a shit. You know, that, sort of that, didn't. that's for my dad to say. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know this guy. You know, out of respect to my grandmother, it turns out it was my grandmother's brother, right? But okay. I never met the guy. Yeah. And I was very close to my grandma. I loved my grandma. She was our number one fan. You know, I never met him. Didn't know much about him. So out of respect, yeah, you 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 say, ah, you know. Yeah, bummer. Bummer. And, and you know what the real shame is? Oh, some meaningless argument that happened uh, in, 60 in, in, years uh, ago. Yeah, 1986 at a yeah, Thanksgiving. Earlier. Even yeah. earlier than that. You know, oh, some, some stupid argument that happened 60 years ago. Uh, that's why I don't know this guy or his family or anything yeah. about him. You know, because the story goes, like every other family story goes, someone got mad at somebody and they never talked for the rest of their lives. That's, right? that's old school family for you. The point is, you know, my dad lived his day and was like, did it, dude, and that's it. And then I was told that somehow my brother got the phone call because they thought they were reaching out to my dad's brother, my dad's older brother, Tommy, right? So for my dad to go on his day when a family member dies, you know, it puts a perspective, Kate, like the, the fact that regular people are upset about, no, and listen, it's sad that Kate Spade died about a, a person who they, designed bags. Yeah, it's, it's, hey, I like your, I like your bag designs from 20 years ago. You're right. It, it is, it does put a perspective. It's just interesting. That's like, all. Like if you don't care about your great uncle Fred dying, the fact that people are like so saddened by a stranger's death. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of brand names that I liked. You know, hey, I work. I still wear Calvin Klein. I don't know anything about Calvin Klein, but let's mm -hmm. say Calvin Klein died. I'm not he might be dead. I don't even fucking know. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be like, eh, that's sad. Okay, because I'm supposed to feel sad, but uh, I what? go on with my day. I, I. You know why though? Because we're we're we've been through more. When uh, Fabrizio, you know? when Fabrizio Z Cavarici dies, are you going to be uh, devastated? No, not at all. You own 38 you know pairs why? at one point. And my, my dad said, hey, he did say this, not to be insensitive, but that's what happens in life. I lost my parents. Think I care that much about Uncle Fred? With that said, exactly. So not to be insensitive. Now, speaking of insensitive and deaths, well, hold on there's second. a story. Based on what you're saying, first of all, your brother, hilarious. Yeah. I don't know what to say, yo. He doesn't know You anybody. might need to sit down for this one, Dad. Why are they calling me, yo? I get I, it does put in perspective. If your dad and he's not the only one, if you hear about some random distant relative dying, if you really yeah, you sympathize. It sounds terrible. You but sympathize. But you're not affected. You sympathize, but you really don't care. But you're not. No, no, no. It's not that you don't care. You sympathize, but you're not affected. You're just not affected. Like I didn't know the guy. Let's call it spade a spade. You really don't care. Pun you, intended. Yes. Okay. Good job. If you really don't care. 
like for instance, my grandparents died in the late 90s. Probably about 10 years ago. I remember my mother getting a call. It's a nightmare. You know, uh, your, well, Spot, what would your grandparents' siblings be to you? Your great uncle, second removed? Like, what would your, your grandma's... Your great uncle. Your your grandparents' brother yeah. would be your great uncle. Yeah, they're great. Great uncle. Okay. And he might not have that might not have been that great. Yeah. I you know, my mother's like, Richie, I got some news. I'm like, what happened? It's like your great uncle Artie passed away. And I'm like, Artie Oh, grandpa you know, the guy I met twice in my life? Grandpa's brother? That's a bummer. Where where does I where does he live? Oh, he was down in Florida. Hey, Mom, when was the last time I saw him? Oh, he was up in New York once when in like nineteen eighty seven. And then I was like, that's a bummer. I will. I was like, that's a bummer. So I guess, I guess, uh, you know, grandpa died in 98. His, his younger brother outlasted him by 10 years. Uh, that's yeah, That's sad, man. Yeah, you think about it. Yeah. yeah it's like, I, I, I even thought about those I things. Like, oh, I was like, oh, sad. my grandma's yeah, so brother. I, so, yeah, so my grandmother died. And I, then uh, I thought about the relationship that was ruined as a result of probably a dumb fight. Yeah. yeah you know? Absolutely. And then you think, and I thought, here's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's nice out of respect. They still reached out to a side of the family that yeah. no one even knows each other. I thought that was that was nice and respectful. Uh, but I think the, the big lesson here is that your brother's hilarious and that if we, deep down inside, are sympathetic but don't really care when distant relatives die, the outpouring when a, like a celebrity dies is very interesting, especially a celebrity in that world because... It's such a sad story. It's a sad story that Kate Spade died and took her own life. Oh, it's because, horrible. You know, I'm not she, downplaying you know, that at all. Battling, with, battling, battling demons so much so that she killed herself. It's just a sad story in general. But for people to be broken up about it, people aren't really broken up about when their own family members die. Yeah, that, that's all. It's just an interesting discussion, not to downplay or make light of, of that story. Because I do find it to be... You know, a waste of, of talent and, and mental issues are a real problem, and it's very sad. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, hey, I lost a family member yesterday, and and uh, my day was not really that affected, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and although it's sad. But now there's another one, another this, insensitive uh, uh, story about death, and it's the only thing, honestly, I had written down to discuss today. <laughs> it's that, that's slow of a news day. Because I said, yeah. you go to CNN, it's all Donald Trump and the Eagles, all, uh, you know, all the, news. That they're going on tour. Hell freezes over. He's filling in for Glenn Fry. Donald Trump Welcome in the Welcome to the Hotel California. Uh, Survivor. Survivor. Take it easy. Um, Take it easy. Survivors of this woman penned a quote-unquote revenge obituary to settle the score with their now dead mother. The woman we're talking about, her name is Kathleen Demlau. Kathleen Demlau Shunk. What so a terrible sad. name. No offense. So sad. She looks like such a sweet old lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, would think, you, would, you would think that's about everyone looks sweet. Everyone has Everyone a... looks sweet when they're old ladies. Kathleen Demlau Shunk. I hope I look sweet when I'm an old lady. <laughs> Get this. Her, that's right, her, yeah. her surviving family members, instead of doing the whole thing that... You know how like when a scumbag dies, people love to make it seem like they were a great person? Like the scummiest guy in your hometown. The well, guy that, 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 I think that's the whole sort of premise of this discussion. Yeah. The, the, the drug dealer... The drug dealer... Ro bank robber... Shitty... Scumbag in your hometown. If he died... Everyone would be like, yeah, but he was a really good guy, man. He was a good guy. Yeah, you know, a little misunderstood, but... Man, that guy was a great guy. You're like, no, he wasn't. He was the definition of like a bad person. Hey, from what I understand, my Uncle Fred was a good guy.
Just nobody knew him on my side of the, the guy, family. The guy in your whole, the guy in your hometown that cheats, steals, um, is rude to people, uh, punch, he gets in fights and everything. Yeah, he's a good guy. When he dies, oh, he's a great guy. Everybody's a great guy when they die, I guess. Now, except for Kathleen Demlo Shunk, her family. Great was, name. Her family was so mad at how she carried her life. That they, this is the first time people are saying they, they've they seen a revenge obituary. You want to read this or you want me to? I'm surprised in today's world of, of political correctness and and overcorrecting that this somehow made it to the press. Kathleen well, Demlo it is, it is Shunk. In the press. Oh, you know, can I give a, let me get some Gruba, Grim Gruba music going. Yeah, read the obituary. Oh, and, yeah. and don't add it. Don't take creative freedom. There was a lot oh. of thought put into this right. obituary. Uh, Kathleen Demlo Shunk was born on March 19th, 1938, to Joseph and Gertrude Shunk of Wabasso. She married Dennis Demlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957, and they had two children, Gina and Jay. Oh, Gina and Jay. Gina and Jay are her children, right? Okay. Now, Gina and Jay wrote this obituary, correct? Yeah, I guess so. In 1962... She became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and they moved to California. Oh. Kathleen, you slut. Wait, so she was married in 57, had two kids, then fucked her husband's brother. Five years later. Five years later, moved to California. She, aba uh, she abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents in Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Shunk. So she left her husband. Abandoned her children. Abandoned her no, children. She fucked her, she fucked her husband's brother. Husband's brother. Moved to California. Got with knocked up. Moved moved to California. And left and, her kids. And then her her parents raised her grandkid. Their grandkids. Yeah. Wow. She passed away on May thirty first, twenty eighteen, in Springfield, and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. It's <laughs> amazing, huh? Yeah. Wow. Kathleen Demlo. Yeah. You know what? If you make bad choices as a young person and you're a piece of shit, just because you, you made it to be uh, an old lady. Wait, hold on. What does that say? Doesn't mean fine? that you, right. you're any better than anybody. Scroll down a little bit more. I've never felt. Oh, look at this. This Is this from her kid? No, I think this is for somebody else. I think this is a. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, from her, from her kid. I've never felt the greatest sense of peace or relief the day my brother called me singing Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. That's crazy, huh? That's a lot of a uh, lot of lot of what? She made negative a, feelings she about made a someone that gave birth to you. That's pretty wild. She made a mistake over sixty years ago. Who hasn't? But they never forgave her. It's harsh. Yeah, but just because she's old doesn't mom mean she ran, wasn't a piece of garbage. Mom ran off with their uncle and never came back. Wow. It, it, I think you know the sentiment here is wow, wow, muchacho, wow, right? Because we, we don't see this often, but I also find it a little refreshing, Rich, because it goes back to what you said. Wow. Why are we always so quick to say, like, oh, so, you know, so sorry. We oh, lost Greg. Uh, we lost Greg. Not, not, no, probably not a good name. <laughs> yeah. We lost uh, Phil. Phil. Phil was so great. Phil was a scumbag. Everybody knew it. Now he's the greatest guy. I understand where you feel bad that maybe Phil made some bad choices, and deep down he may have been a good guy. But the reality, and this is this is a whole other you know mind thought, the reality is Phil wasn't that great of a guy. 
He may have had the potential to be a great guy, but everything he put out there made him a bad guy in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. You know, why are we so quick to say on death, you know, and in these obituaries and when remembering this guy, like, oh, Phil had so many friends. Let me tell you, when Phil walked in the room, oh, the party started. Oh, he was the, the life of the party, Phil. Oh, and Phil, oh, we'll never forget the time to Phil. Phil was a jerk-off. So, Plain I, simple. I, yes, you know. Yeah, but you, you like to, you know, send people off with some kind words, don't you? Yeah, but that's all, it's all bullshit. They don't deserve it, I'm spot. sure he had some kind some people. Moments. Some people just don't deserve it. And this woman seems however, to be one of them. However, how, what happened with the other kid? How's like the other can, kid feel about it? I can be a prick sometimes. I hope that you'll speak kindly of me. Come on. There's a huge difference. Hey, hey, Are spot. you abandoning your family? Are you, uh, you know, a piece of shit? There's, there's people who are just straight up pieces of shit. And I'm sure that, you know. Who knows? Maybe she went on. Maybe uh, Kath Demlo no went on that. to be a the wonderful mother. wife and mother to her, her new family. Her new family. <laughs> her new her husband's uh, brother and their kid. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Clearly, I, she uh, hurt some, uh, some real important people. No, you got to think about that. Think of every scumbag, right? Aren't they nice to someone? They love someone. I guess so. Well, think about it that way, right? All right, so let's say, p picture the... Ooh, I've been that someone. Describe the sleaziest person. Yeah. Describe they, like describe the worst person in like your, yeah, your hometown. I don't know, robs, cheats, steals, duh, gets in fights, uh, destroys people's property. Like, we're talking like the scum of the earth, like, right? There's one person there that they, they got their back. So then the real obituary should be, let me tell you, Rob may have had a reputation. He may have been a piece of shit, but he was good to me. We had some good times. Oh! You may think he was a piece of shit, but for the few people he cared about, he may have punched you in the nose. He may have fucking fucked your wife. But he, he may was have got to me. He may have put a sledgehammer through your car windows. <laughs> but to me, loyalty. <laughs> to me, I'll never forget you, Rob. You know, and I'll tie it into something topical to maybe a few people. Hannah Baker on 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Her parents are viewing her as, she was such a great kid. She was just misunderstood. If she had a reputation that everyone sort of built around her, mm -hmm. at what point are you that because that's what you're putting out there? You know? This woman left but, her but fucking it, kids and banked her husband's brother. So the obituary so of the what point do you yeah. just say, yeah, she was a yeah. piece of shit. So the obituary that her kids wrote saying, yeah, uh, our mom was a piece of shit, uh, burn in hell, uh, you know, don't rest in peace, I hate you, mom. The, the obituary that's, you know, viral today for Catherine, uh, Kathleen Demlo Shunk, the world Shunk. is better without her. That's what her kids wrote. The world is better without her. If she did all that, is she really a good person? No. That's, that's kind of my point. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Sure, Spot. I get it. But you know, there's people that don't make those mistakes. So then what are those people? Spot, if someone if someone exceptionally good people. Yeah. But then you start getting into no, things that people that just, isn't those that industry standard values? Like, hey, you have kids, you've raised them. You know, leave them. And then bang your husband. You, you think, took a sacred vow and you bang your husband's you brother. She, I'm like, sure can she, you do anything worse than that? And then leave. I'm sure she felt some remorse for what she did throughout her life. How do you know? Some people weren't capable of that. If you miss any of the Covino and Rich deep thoughts and greatness, catch the show 24-7 with Sirius XM On Demand. Covino and Rich on Fashion Talk 103. Right now we welcome uh, a true radio legend and friend, a guy we're, we're able to call a friend, a guy that Rich calls a mentor, a guy that yeah. I learned from. 
You know, he taught me life lessons. But what was the one lesson kid taught you that you didn't abide by? I should have fucking wrote it down. That's what I should have did. But kid told me, uh, never date a woman uh, who, who writes checks you can't cash. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant because I was dumb, kid. But now I understand. <laughs> now, now, I understand. Now, when you send, now when you send the monthly check, you understand. Yeah. That, I, honest to God, I think he told me that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. But thanks. Later, kid. <laughs> cost now, too much to touch her. That was always uh, a cost too much to touch. Yeah. yeah. Too much to touch. Yeah. yeah and, man. Uh, I wish I would have listened to you then, kid. But uh, hey, you know what? We're here. We're hanging out. Kid Kelly, radio legend. For those of you who listen to Howard Stern, I mean, you can't avoid the fact that he's been harping on. Kid Kelly getting into the Radio Hall of Fame for weeks now. And, Kid Kelly's, and Kid Kelly's wife is the bit. That is, I know. <laughs> that is hilarious. It's the best. Well, listen, thank you. First of all, congratulations on the incredible show. I didn't realize that, what a big show this was. Yeah. I noticed there were three or four people out there. That's yeah. right. And, and a separate what? room. And yes. you know what? Next month at our convention, you're going to notice uh, at least a dozen people there to support us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, six or seven. Right. And you guys have bottled water and coffee. It's I know. amazing. We're big in the streets now. Yeah. You know why, though, kid? I'll tell you why. Because we took your advice. You know, if it wasn't for Kid Kelly, there'd be no Rich Davis. That is I true. I mean, we would have been doing that great things, true. I'm sure, Rich. But you had you had someone great to guide you. I had DJ Liquid Todd. Okay? <laughs> I think I won. Yeah. I like Liquid Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid Todd's a great guy. He's a maniac. You had Kid Kelly, you know, as I had a mentor. Kid Kelly and you had Liquid Todd. Uh, give me no, uh, uh. I, had, I had zero <laughs> guidance. I was raised by wolves in the radio industry. You know, you were you you had Kid Kelly to help you along the way. So that's that's the truth. You should on a throwback Thursday. You should actually just tell us the story. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, if you want to go back in time, back in time. You're right. There would be no Kavino and Rich. There would be no Rich Davis on Sirius XM if it wasn't for kids. So. When kids pushing for the well, kids' wife is pushing for the Hall of Fame thing. It seems more than anyone. <laughs> let me let me start we the conversation. Let, let me start this this conversation. And by the way, again, Kid Kelly, he needs your votes for the Radio Hall of Fame. We'll tell you how to do this in a moment. He's a friend. We welcome him by all the time anyway for years. Uh, he's a legend in the game. A guy that was on top of his game in the prime of his career, the rock star at Z100, the biggest station in the world. Yeah, in New York City, when you're running that. How in the world did you make time for a young Rich Davis, 19 years old, with not a hair on his balls? To, <laughs> still not. Still no hair on his <laughs> balls. I, mean, I take no, care honestly. of that. <laughs> you know, let, he manscapes now, yes. For those of you who, who listen to Stern, you've heard this clip already, and it's on YouTube. I mean, Kid Kelly was doing it in the old school, yeah. in the best of before, the old school before ways. Before automation, before DJs were taped, before, you know, before it was... Uh, yeah, the, the world we live in now, right? You were playing all these sound effects on the cards and the buttons. Like, yeah, you you were you're you you not were you're still doing it, but incredible at, at what he did. A particular skill, as your wife said on the radio, that a lot of people just don't have. To talk in and out of the music, to play these uh, lasers and sound effects, you know, and, and know what you're going to say ahead of time and deliver with the timing. The impeccable time. Very kind of you. Listen, I think uh, the quote went like this. Stick a broom up his ass. We'll clean the place, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Play some of this. Yeah. And, and I want to know how he found time for you when he was in the middle of all this. I'll, I'll share. Okay. Yeah, do it again. I don't know what I said there. Money music machine. That's Kid Kelly doing his thing on Z100. Yeah. Again, in the prime of the station. Not the prime of his career. The prime of the station. When yeah. it was number one in the world. And, you know, New York City. What a thrill that is to, to be Kid Kelly. To be the guy from the top of the Empire State Building. Did you know the music so well? Or... or, or 
You know what I mean? So well that you couldn't fuck up. Like, how much practice was involved? We were in not that? allowed to f up. Yeah. You know, um, and also, uh, you know, here's a little known story. You know, I. You know, um, in psychoanalyzing myself and watching these videos and hearing this stuff, which, by the way, seems like a different person. It does right. not seem like me yeah. today. Right. You know, um, I go, yeah, it was me. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, what's for what's for dinner? And it's crazy <laughs> to think that, the, you know, essentially to you, the kids working for us that you that were with Spot, J uh, Jake and June, This video is older than they are. Like, like 10 years older than that. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Are you impressed by, because you, again, you're from the outside looking in now, kind of. Are you impressed at the young guy you were doing um, that shit? I saw, I look at this and I see raw and hungry. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see a lot of that today with um, people that um, are, were, are, are my age now. Right. I was back then. I don't see the hungriness. Yeah. I don't see the rawness. I don't feel, I look at that and I, and I see um, definitely raw, but I see hunger. I see focus. I see, I see that eye of the tiger. Yeah, yeah, I you see know that what? shit. I also see a dangling earring. Yeah. Too, I, which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Though? Which, which I, is part of the which is part of the style what, of the gimmick. I huh? stole that from George Michael. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he wants it back. Not the. <laughs> I, was, I, I see the eye of the tiger. I really do. I, I know that sounds corny, but he really does. A determination level is is really evident if you see this stuff on on YouTube and you see how much was involved. Because the technology was different, you know, mm. it wasn't. He's just hitting one thing and talking. He's hitting like eight different things. I just and, and talking. I, I look back at that, and it's such a like a different radio skill. And whatever industry you do for a living, you've seen the progression. You listen. If you're a truck driver, you're a doctor, you're a salesman, whatever you do, you've seen your your industry change over the years. And it's sort of a bummer. I want kid. Are you bummed when you realize that radio isn't this anymore? Because it, it was. I yeah, mean, I'm very bummed. That's I why. caught the tail end of this. When I first started, there was still the button pressing and the carts and the CDs. Yeah. And then quickly, you know. Oh, you see changed. him using and editing the reel to reel, doing his phone calls and things like that, yeah. you know. And I caught the tail end of the reel to reel stuff. Uh, but it's amazing what you were doing, again, at the highest level of radio at the time. So, my question to you, Kid Kelly, you know, future Radio Hall of Famer. <laughs> Which I think is awesome. I know you guys are downplaying it, but if anyone gave me that honor, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. You know, so, and I know Howard, you know, dumps on it and takes his Howard take on it. But to me, I think that's but cool. But it's very supportive. Yeah, yeah. And he always goes, he's got my vote, I'm voting right. for him, which is amazing. No, that, I like that's the, completely surreal. I like how he's, uh, he says, you know why I say vote for him? Because he never bothered me. That's what, because <laughs> yeah. he never bothered Howard. But uh, how did you find time? Between pressing all those buttons and get, having the really bad hair, that all, I noticed too. By you the way. know, combing your hair every every three minutes, getting tons and by, of and ass. By, and by the way, just uh, behind the velvet tons, rope, Cavino and Rich Tons. Cavino and Rich behind the velvet rope. Oh, behind the velvet rope. There's not a man that cares about his hair more than Kid Kelly. You've been harping on your hair recently. Cavino's been stressing because of the whole divorce. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks good. He, looks he, good. No, he I've been think, shedding. He thinks he's losing his hair. No, I'm like, no, no you're fine. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a deadly conversation on the ride in. No. Well, it's all, give it's, me, it looks thicker than the last. You, no. <laughs> you can give me some hair tips later, yeah, I got, kid. Are you talking and about pro hair? Product, oh, it's, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And product tips, too, I got for Thank you, thank you. How did you find time between all the ass getting and all the running around and all the you know radio... Appearances. Yeah, before you went to mentor, mentor, I didn't a, sleep a, for years, by to way. mentor a, a, a guy like Rich Davis, who you know was just a college kid sending tapes to you. So I was a schmuck. I was a seven-year-old, six-year-old schmuck that wanted to do this my entire life, right. and I never knew how to do it. I knew what I wanted to do, and I never knew how to do it. And through the grace of God, if there is such a divine uh, person, 
um, I, I somehow managed to cobble it together at the last minute. And I mean the last second. It's like, I want to be a DJ. I don't know how. I guess I'll just drop out of high school and become like a bum because I don't know how to no. do it. And at the very last second, my guidance counselor, who happens to high school guidance counselor, who happens to be uh, my homeroom teacher, says, you know, I read your term paper, and it's really good. I had no idea you wanted to do this. I'll help you. And I go, how are you going to help me? She goes, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out with you. So she pulls me into the office, and at the very last second, she's like, you know, um, you know you're failing. You're going to flop out of high school. True story. And I go... I know, but I, I, you know, I, I have no interest in any of this stuff. I just want to do this one thing. And she goes, okay, here's what we'll do. Um, you take this year-end test and you pass it and I'll graduate you because I just found out that this co community college has a brand new 10 watt, 10 watt back in the day, 10 watt mono yeah. FM station. Uh, and I'll and uh, and I'll figure it out. And we'll get you in there. And I go, uh, all right. And concurrently, when I get home, I tell my dad that story. And he goes, if you do that, I'll buy you a car. And I go, hmm, car. Wow. So he had yeah, full. Well, he bought me you. a two hundred dollar car, but okay. But still, <laughs> yeah. Start, still. You know, and, and I literally go, okay. So I study as much as I can, and I pass the test with a sixty six. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Sixty six. So, uh, and then I, you know, at the very last second in August, I'm accepted to community college, which started in September, and I sign my name on the radio station uh, uh, clipboard, and then they call me, and here I am, you know, uh, starting and trying to figure out how to get to this 10-watt, you know, journey. Um, I sign up for broadcasting. This is true. I'm sorry to bore everybody. No, this is great. Um, I take the broadcasting class. I'm in it for like two weeks. The broadcasting curriculum person also oversaw the radio station. So I'm at the radio station, and I happen to pick up uh, a now defunct industry newspaper called Radio and Records, R&R. R &R. R &R. R &R. And I notice in the back it says positions sought, positions sought, and it lists address and date, uh, you know, uh, shifts for the DJs. And, uh, and, the, and, the, and my, my radio TV broadcasting teacher walks in as I look at the paper and says, position sought, position sought, send TNR, TNR2. And I go, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is position sought, they're looking to hire DJs. Yes. Okay. It says send TNR to address. What's T and R? Now I'm going to go back old school. T stand was then stood for tape. Yeah. Uh, air people would record themselves on cassette tape and then mail it to prospective places of employment. So I go, T and R? He goes, tape and resume. And I go, not D and R? True story. And he, and he goes, D and R? What's that? And I go, D -d degree and resume? And, he, and at that point, he had uh, an RC Cola which they don't RC make. Cole used uh, to sponsor Shea Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> the big or sign. Royal something that, Crown. Something yeah. that's out of yes. date now. Right. And he, I'm going to do this over here. He, and, and, I, uh, and I'm going to do okay. this. And he's sipping the soda, and I say, not DNR, and he takes a sip, and I go, degree and resume, and he goes... <laughs> he spits it out. Completely like, spits really? it out. Spits yeah. it out. Spits it out, almost chokes on it, goes... No, you don't need a degree <laughs> to be successful in radio. Yeah. And I went, what? Right. You don't? And he goes, no. And he starts lifting off, listing off all these successful people who at that point were making 
hundreds of thousands of dollars, which would be the equivalent of millions and millions of dollars today. Yeah, you just needed to get your foot in the door somehow. Yeah. Or and an at that point, I stopped going to all my classes and just hang out at the radio station. I buy a boombox, I buy cassettes, and I literally wait for one of the students not to do their two-hour show. And I go, I'm here, I'll do it. And start recording and doing the breaks, doing the breaks and sending them out to all these places. Okay, how does this apply to Dickie Dizzle, I like to call him, Rich Davis? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, many years later, you know, um, uh, I I was able to spot people who had that same thing that didn't quite quite know how the to find eye of their the tiger. Way. The eye of the tiger. They didn't the know how to find their <laughs> way. And I was the eye of the tiger. I, don't I get, did. What happened? Yeah, you should be playing it. No worries. <laughs> should we wait? Yeah, yeah. we got it. Okay, so you know, I was able to then recognize um, that you know uh, that I could that potentially give back was right. too deep of a thought back then for me. Right. But I was like, I noticed the enthusiasm, and of course, you know, <laughs> enthusiasm. But also, he had raw talent. Yes. Yeah. Notice yeah. I'm talking around the. You know what? Posts. I, I'm, I'm finding something else to be interesting too, besides the eye of the tiger. Get radio. You know, I got into radio because I love the music. Right, not because I had a lot to say or because I thought I had an opinion on anything. Now you have a ton to say. Yeah. So, was your thought process then? Never. Like, uh, I, I just, this is just what I want to do because of what it entails and the lifestyle I, and getting my name out there. I, like, I found radio because I was looking for songs, but once I found the songs, I found something that I couldn't quite describe back then. Right. And that was what every on air host and talent brings to the public, and that is companionship, friendship, entertainment. Uh, corporate radio would call that engagement the, the and unique content. In, how about the mystique involved too and back the then? I, right? I hate social media today because right. it killed the mystique. It killed the mystique. I used to be like, what does Cousin Bruce look like? Now I know Cousin Bruce. That intrigue yeah, was if, incredible. If you want to vote for me before social media, go, I like this fella. He's all right. I'll vote for him. Now you go, shit, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. F that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to vote for that face. Fuck yeah, him. I thought he was way yeah. cooler than that. Yeah, I think that's something that that isn't talked about enough. We lost that, you know, social media sort of killed that radio star. It was mystique. a mystery. It was a you know, mystery. It was a mystery. And for I... me as a kid, not only loving the music, the mystique of that guy. And for, for me, you know, as a kid listening to, the uh, let's say, a Cousin Brucey, and of course a Kid what? Kelly, but let's say a Cousin Brucey, you know, the reverb on his, bo on his voice. Mm -hmm. Where was he broadcasting Burr, from? Yes, exactly. You know, this who is this mysterious secret guy? layer. This mysterious thing behind it was intriguing. So all that combined... You said, well, fuck, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I hear um, um, two of my favorite disc jockeys, now one of them passed away, Jay Thomas, the other one, Terry Young, uh, and I hear two of them, and I go, I want to do that. And I remember with my sister, and I was literally six years old, we were in summertime, we were playing basketball, I was listening to a defunct New York Top 40 radio station before the one that I started working on came about, and, and I hear Jay Thomas say something, and at that point, he says the, the most... The, the, the most outrageous, funniest thing for the time back then on the radio. I literally stopped playing basketball to my sister. I go, I want to do that when I grow up. Well, let's make something clear, too, because yeah. a lot of people who, who listen to our show that listen to Jay Thomas on Sirius XM, we used to be on the same talk channel for years. Yeah, It's the same Jay Thomas. Jay Thomas was yeah. a regular radio yeah. DJ uh, for, for many, many years before he was doing the talk radio stuff. And before he was on TV, yeah, as a TV actor. So you're listening, you're inspired, and then I, I hear the Jay Thomas play a song. I'm going, I saw the, yeah. hear the song fade all the way out, and he goes, "What the hell was that? <laughs> that sucked." Right. I'm like, "What? Yeah. Who is this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> nah, Jay was great. I miss, yeah, I miss Jay. That's funny. But, which for the '80s yeah. was pretty progressive, and then, you know, uh, for you yeah. to say like, you know, you know, you're working on your your music radio station you're supposed to love all the music so he was counterculture to that as was Howard Stern very counterculture these are the people that maybe go whoa I realize I could never do what they do but um, 
uh, you know, my shtick was very similar to your shtick. You know, I just wanted to make people feel good about themselves because, you know, I thought, you know, if, like Superman, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. You know, um, and my job was to not talk about how good I am, which, right. which is why I'm very uncomfortable about this campaign stuff. But it's but, fun to reflect, you know, because yeah. you have been doing it a long time and you deserve that, I think, you know. Not, I think, I know. Uh, again, growing up in New York, uh, Kid Kelly was one of the biggest names yeah. out there. You know, I, 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 I used to listen all the I time. I really was a kid back then. Look how young I was. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I got to give him a Come I on, gotta, if anybody could rock a mullet back then, that's look a at that. Mullet. Yeah, I mean, that's that a, a great mullet. mullet. That's a great mullet. Notice the way it was crafted. It was almost like it was sculpted with a razor back then, which was very progressive. <laughs> it's very Paul O'Neill. Yeah. I always used to say I got a bigger back. Holla. Throw a hat on that. It's Paul O'Neill. Now, I want to, I find it crazy. You're on Turbo now. You you know, you're also on the Turbo channel. Right. I'm on Pop 2K. Right. I play these songs that I remember playing new. I played them as currents. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, like, I'm playing Hot in Here by Nelly or some Maroon 5, Harder to Breathe, or some Beyonce song, or Cry Me a River, Justin Timberlake. And I'm thinking, oh, that seems like yesterday. And these songs are, like, 15 years old. Oh, at least. When you hear a song from you, the you, 80s. You're stretching. It's more like 25. When you hear, when you, hear <laughs> you were 19 like, when I hired you. Yeah, when you hear you look true. like an embryo. That's Put the true. picture up there. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Rich you, had a head like Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> I remember you know meeting a young Rich Davis. I'm like, oh my God. He, he was very skinny. He filled out a lot I, since I, then. I listened to all the then cassette tapes that were sent. You got to post that, Dickie. Uh, yeah, uh, hit us I, up on Instagram, at Kavino and Rich. I'll post that. I'll post that. Throwback Thursday. Get, yeah. Perfect. Getting back to Kavino's question, you know, um, uh, you know, I... I wanted to do what I wanted to do, didn't know how to do. It was very frustrating. And then I hear, you know, a very talented 19, 18 and a half year old. And I go, oh, this person's really talented. Um, and he doesn't need, in my opinion, because at that point, I'm not kidding. I'd worked at like 35 different radio stations. So, you know, you meet a lot of people. You learn a lot of things. The best, in my opinion, the best <laughs> program directors were perhaps the best on-air talent. And the best on-air talent doesn't work at one radio station their entire career. They work at a lot. They get a very broad stroke perspective as to what's going out there, what's out there. And you identify types of people, types of listeners. You identify, you know, um, one of the best things a programmer can do programmer, by the way, is somebody who oversees the, the radio channel, uh, is to observe people doing what they do and then reflecting that as best you can. Yeah. You learn that way. So, you know, I was able and I was able to identify young Dickie Davis and go, this guy's really talented. Let's get him around the system through what's known as the, the third door. And did you realize he was coachable? Because He I, was coachable I back then. He listened back then. My yeah. ears uh -huh. hear a lot of Kid Kelly influence when he's doing his, you know, his top 40 thing. So I guess that's part of it. Now, you have to be not only hungry... But you have to be coachable just in life, not only in radio. Of course. Right. So of course. something you recognize right away. Now, my, my perspective is that when I was in college, college radio on a throwback Thursday, <laughs> walked in the- Did you feel like, why is this guy so willing to help me? I remember thinking, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. So I'm working at the college radio station up yeah. in Syracuse, and I'm sending tapes. I, I went to the, remember like the copy center, when you'd have to go to the copy center to print shit out? Yeah, of course. I, I made 50 copies of a CD that was my- Air check my uh, yes. my tape essentially yeah, see the and, old CNRs the, yeah uh, CDs and resumes yeah so I have the CDs and the resumes and I sent it to fifty different radio stations across the country fifty I'm not even fifty I print out fifty copies fifty envelopes to the like I would say the top thirty or forty cities a couple stations maybe in each city and out of fifty tapes I sent out five people got back to me. Five's big. Forty-five yeah. people. Not bad. Forty-five people didn't even give me the sympathy. Uh, like, hey, thanks, kid. Five, five out of fifty is five percent return. The average is three. And <laughs> one of them was in out of New York. How and perfect. Lucky me. One of them was kid. And kid and I, you know, 
He, he, he was super sweet. Reached out and to by me. The way, super were you cool. You probably thought I was trying to date you. Yeah, you should clarify that. I was like, is this guy gay? No. <laughs> <laughs> were you programming back then, kid? Or yeah. No. You were, right? Uh, yeah. He yeah, was so the operations think, manager. You, you got to think of this perspective, too, guys. You know, if, if Kid Kelly's the main dog at a, at a number one radio station in New York and people all over the country are wanting to do this because that's the rock star thing at the time, he's getting tapes every day. You know, boxes and boxes and boxes of tapes every day from everybody who thinks they have it. And, so and for Rich to infiltrate that somehow, that says a lot. Dickie took the third door in. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, so I get this call from Kid Kelly. And truth be told, at that time... Cell phones. Did, why, Warning you know was kid. Did you hear the lasers in the background? <laughs> well, I don't think you were there at first. I think um, by the time you actually returned my caller, I, I think I actually spoke to your roommate first. Yeah, my roommate was like some dude, kid, <laughs> something called like you know when your college roommates or your house, you know the guys in your house. Oh my god, kid, some I? some guy called Kit Cornhole called. <laughs> oh my god, Kit Cornhole. Oh, oh my god. Right, right, right. So, I call I call kid back, and at first. I thought I'm not even joking. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess well, kid, yeah, kid Kelly called. Because I'm thinking, I'm 19 years old. Why, why is the number one radio station in the country calling me back? And I give kid a call back, and we start, we start talking every week. I'm sending him new tapes, like, hey, what should I improve upon? What should I improve upon? And we'd end up small talking, like, hey, how's college? Yo, you, you know, how's the ladies doing? And we were having like guy small talk, right? And then one weekend, he goes, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm thinking he's asking me, what am I doing? Like, I don't know, going to a frat party, going to the bar. <laughs> he's thinking I'm asking him out. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, probably going to a party, probably trying to get some booty. I don't know. And he's like, do you want to go, why don't you come down to New York and do the overnight? I'm like, w like where, on Z100? He's like, yeah. All right, now here's so, where I got to ask you this, kid. Yeah. You're the guy in charge. You have a reputation. Why in the world would you sure. put your reputation online for a bozo like him? I I'm know. serious. And, and uh, besides the eye of the tiger thing, you know, that's a big risk for you. Because if he messes up or he well, sounds dumb well, or he doesn't have it, well, then your ass is on the line. I, that's true, and you're right. right. And I knew he wasn't going to mess up because he'll tell you the um, speech I had with him um, uh, in a minute because I would have that and make sure that I instilled the fear of God in perspective of folks that I would hire before I put him on. But the thing is, is you know, um, I, I always thought that, you know, give it back back then was too deep, but I always thought it was the right thing to do. Okay. You know, I was raised by... Uh, my my I was adopted right, and my father was a party guy. My birth father was a party guy. He he died relatively young, and his hands you can't see them. One hand was like this for his gin, doers by the way, not even the good stuff, and <laughs> um, and the other finger was like this for his cigarettes. So he was a party guy, the fun guy, probably where I get my on air crazy shtick from. The guy who raised me was a military guy. Would walk in and say, "Make your bed." Um, if and he would flip a quarter on it, and if it didn't bounce, if it bounced, you had to make it again. So. Uh, and then my my aunt was very, very sweet, and she was very, very sensitive, and she never judged and stuff like that. I call her mom. I actually adopted her when I turned 30. But, you know, all of these people had one common denominator, and they were all very different. They were the people that I was most impressionable from. And that was they all would say, Brooklyn style, do the right thing, or as they would say, do the right thing. Do the right thing. I like that. You know, so I, they all yeah. said do the Spike right Lee thing. That and, too. you know, to me, you know, in a position, and again, uh, you know, uh, I, I worked my ass off to get to it, but it was still to, to be able to, to say I had this title at a, an age where I'm younger than Rich Davis and you guys are now back then as a jock. But then back then also as a programmer, as an operations person, um, I was like, okay, well, uh, I owe it to uh, – 
I have to, I, I, if somebody calls me and says, hey, will you give me what your think, thoughts are? I will call them back because it was the right thing to right, do. Right thing to 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 do. Know, I put and I would listen to every tape because that was also on behalf of the company, the right thing to do. Right thing to do. And somehow Rich stood out yeah. to Kid Kelly. By now, the way, put this in perspective. At the time, uh, over people that are way more powerful now, like uh, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I'm sure. Behind the scenes, I think you had a pass I, on that, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. And listen, he worked his ass off, and I thought he was very talented, but um, it, it was the wrong vibe for that channel, for yeah. that station at the time. Had had we been in a different radio station at the time, things probably would have worked out uh, differently for him. But as you can, as we all know, they worked out just fine, just fine for, for Mr. Seacrest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, now, and now, good for him. He deserves it. Imagine, guys, number one station in the country, right? Rich gets his chance. 19 years old, Kid Kelly at the time has been around you know, the country on so many different radio stations, gives a 19-year-old kid his break mm -hmm. on an overnight shift. Your heart must have been pounding well, as, as we well, talked about it. it didn't, to, to Rich's point, it didn't quite happen that quickly. I would do my own unique, quote, vetting process right? where mm -hmm. you know, I would try to get to know people along the way and decide whether or not I thought they were trustworthy to have right. the keys to, at the time, the number one biggest thing in the kingdom at the point. Oh, yeah. So, uh, he, he invites me to the radio station. At like off hours, because no one was there. It was off hours, a holiday week, and I meet him at the radio station, and he sits me down and stare, like stares. You know when you look at someone in the eyes too long and it's uncomfortable, like looking into <laughs> yeah. your fucking soul. Yeah, he's like assessing you. He's yeah. like assessing, right. and you know, I'm, I'm but doing it to him purposely. Right. I'm, I'm fidgety to begin with, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Right. Is he gonna, is he gonna rape me? Well, by the way, <laughs> by the way, I, I don't. I, like, I kid and I share a commonality. We both have the same boss at one point in our careers, and and my old boss. Used to do that to me, so I'm imagining he did that to you, Mr. Uh, Steve Kingston. Yes, yeah, I think he did it for different reasons. <laughs> to intimidate, <laughs> right? To intimidate. My, my, I was not to intimidate. I right. was literally trying to see if he had the eye of you out, yeah, because yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, in the radio industry, um, folks, uh, you know, um, there are people sound the way they sound on the air, and it's either shtick or it's real. Yeah. Um, uh, and I wanted to see if. You know what you sounded on the radio was actually the way you would present in person because sometimes that's good if you're doing like perhaps if you're like you know if you're snooky I guess that's okay for a reality show but not necessarily great for you know then doing broadcast radio uh, that was governed at that point by the government um, uh, the person had to have you know entertainment factor vibe factor coolness factor demographic factor but they also had to be smart enough to like lock the door on the way out. You know, or, or not yeah. go, oh, F, and blurt it out back, you know, back then on a, on a teeny popper station, you know, the F word would have been a major problem. Is this person smart enough to, if they mess up live, are they smart enough to cover it without blurting out the F word on an right. open yeah. microphone? Right. And not only that, the final question of the little sit down, like he stood up like adamantly, like I'm like with his hands on the desk, he's like, you're not going to fuck any teenagers. And like, he's like, I'm like, no, he's like, you're not going to, you're not going to get underage girls. And he, he grilled me on making sure you're not going to fuck underage girls or do anything dumb at this radio station. Right. On my console. On, yeah. You're not going to fuck any girls on the console, are you? No, like, no, no, no. I think I refer to it as my console. On my console. I'm like, no, I won't. Am I going to smell any ass on that fader tomorrow? No. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what, man? Again, adding more pressure to an already pressure-filled situation for a young guy. We're hanging out with Kid Kelly, radio guru, radio legend, who's uh, nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame, which is odd because he's still doing it. It's not like he's he's out of the game. I mean, yeah. he's on Hits 1 every day and programming it and, and in charge of, what are you, vice president? President of programming, yeah. right? Oh, all the pop bang, channels bang, and everything. So, you know, we're hanging out, reminiscing on a throwback Thursday but, with Kid Kelly. Yeah, I mean, just just to fast forward, though, it was uh, if it wasn't for Kid hiring me at Z100, 
then there'd be no there'd be no stint at Z100. There'd be no meeting. What was the first song? I know you know. Sonique, Feel So Good. <laughs> Wish it was better. I know. <laughs> so, spot, so, remember Sonique, Feel So Good? I like that song. Kid, so, what's the oldest song you remember playing that if we, we hear now, like, oh my God, you actually played that when it was on the radio? Is Me? There, yeah, is there one that stands out? You're like, yeah, uh, I actually played that when it was current. Yeah, sad song, Say So Much from Elton John. Oh my God! You were playing that, that was my on the first radio. talk up so when I when I got hired as a 19 year old. And that's another reason why you kind of was you know like I was 19. Somebody gave me a shot. Turn on and, 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 and again, we're giving away a brand new 1984 Corvette. Get your Z100 Super sticker now for free at participating sponsors and get ready to wave and win. Here we go. It's 12:08 New York City. I'm name and I'm still commercial free. And I mispronounced commercial, and I was so devastated. Oh, did you really? Commercial. I tripped over my tongue. Commercial. And, and, for, and for two decades after that, the guy who gave me his shot, whenever we would chat occasionally, yeah. he'd be like, hey, commercial free. How you doing? Commercial. I, you, I can't even imagine that. I got my first shot you know, late, late at night. No one gave a shit anyway. And my heart yeah. was pounding through my chest like a cartoon, like an absolute cartoon. So I can't even imagine that pressure-filled yeah. situation I remember the song, as a young kid uh, at, at Z100. Feel So Good by Sonique was fading. That's the, it, it was less about the song you talked up because the first time you're talking is like the top of the hour. Like, Wait, coming up this at, hour, this, this, and this. At, at least I had an iconic artist to talk up. Yeah, Sonique. Yeah. Sonique, Sonique is like a... Feel So Good was... Go. Fa it was fa it. it was fading. Sonique Feel So Here Good go. was fading. And I remember as that song was ending, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. You hit the button. Yeah. No. This, is a, this is a true... St what an awful song. First David C100. This is my heart's pounding. Yeah, Here's a true story. And all of a sudden, I had to hit the from the top of the Empire State Building. Oh my building. God! I'm on the top of the Empire State oh. Building. This is a true story. Yeah. Um, when 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 this um, uh, what's love got to do with it from Tina Turner? Yeah. Boy, I feel old. Was fading out, and I literally, no kidding. I'm not a religious person. It's more spiritual, but I literally made the sign of the cross. <laughs> closed my eyes. Had my finger on the button. Literally, this is fading out. Oh, I, that's fading out. Okay. It's fading out, and I literally. Go ahead. Yeah, I literally. Funny. Go ahead. And I literally. I literally go. I take my. I'm like. <laughs> side of the cross. cross. And I go like this. And I have my finger on the button for the jingle. And I go. Boom. And I hit the jingle as it fade out. It goes. And I had my eyes closed and the microphone open. And I had the card right in front of my face. Like right here. And yeah. I went, We are giving away a brand new 1984 Corvette. <laughs> Get your super sticker and get ready to wave and win. It's 12.08. I am name and we are still commercial, commercial free. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, I commercial. Was... So, uh, Kid Kelly. And you know what? No one's really harped on this. And I, I want to bring this up on our show. And we want you to vote for Kid Kelly. We'll, we'll tell, tell you how. how. Uh, again, for the Radio Hall of Fame, guys. It's amazing that you were the first guy to say, hey, you know what? Enough time has gone by where we could do a 1980s countdown and call it Backtracks USA. Because Kid Kelly's sitting on a, a pretty good fortune right now. He doesn't need to be running Sirius XM Hits 1. I'll no. say this for you, kid. Because, uh, well, I got lucky. Yeah. You know, he, he, he doesn't need to be running the morning mashup or Hits 1 Hollywood or doing day shifts on, on Sirius XM. 
he has a nationally syndicated show that he sold to hundreds of radio stations around the world because he was the first guy to say, hey, we should do weekend hey, the, countdowns. The 80s are pretty, uh, yeah. it's pretty niche. People like it. And at first people said, no, the 80s music sucked, right? Didn't they tell you that or something like yeah, that? In, you know, in radio, people will always tell you your ideas if they're brand new and nobody's ever heard of them suck. You know, I sucked doing that as, hey, your voice is so squeaky. Hey, why don't you use a real name? Hey, that's a stupid idea for for, for an 80s, for a syndicated show. You know, you, we've all heard but it. But what was the thinking? When you said, I want to do Backtracks USA, mm -hmm. which is a, a countdown of 80s music, didn't they tell you that the 80s was, was not a everybody good generation said, to focus yeah, on? Everybody said that. Uh, we went to 20 syndication companies back then uh, with a concept. Uh, you couldn't, uh, you, you can only trademark a name, not a concept. So the concept was this, please take this concept. All you need to do, Mr. or Mrs. Syndicator, is just pay me $1,000 a week and I'll host it. They all said, no, too much risk. And being the Forrest Gump of radio at the time that I was, I go, well, it seems like a pretty good idea to me. Uh, we'll just syndicate ourselves. I'll just do it. So at the time, you know, I had, a, and I'm still with all of these people today. You know, at the time, you know, uh, I was like, uh, I think we can do this. And none of us had any experience in syndication. Um, you know, my then girlfriend, um, uh, Hal Knapp, who's still with us, my, now my wife, um, uh, all of these people, every, the same column Fab Five, with the exception of one person who pieced out and kind of uh, kind of spiraled out of control at one point for, for some other personal issues, uh, all of us have been together for 25 plus years um, just doing this. We actually not trying to toot horns, but we actually re, re, rewired syndication as far as, you know, making it streamlined and efficient and did, did things with our show, not with just the music, but we did things to the music. We processed the music. We made it sound, you know, so if your radio station in a small city um, didn't have enough money for um, the right tools, the right equalization. Made it, and sound, all this, made it sound beefier. And made it sound bigger and right. fuller. We did things like that. You know, we did things where when we went to a commercial break, you know, how the production, uh, the imaging person would literally lay the beginning of the commercial underneath my voice. You know, so if, you know, uh, we did a lot of you stuff. You were innovating. That, you know, you, you were doing mm -hmm. things no one had ever done. Again, an 80s uh, countdown that still airs today, Backtracks USA. He did it with the 90s. 80s and 90s, Backtracks USA, and the title together, our producer spot. Spot. Our producer produces that nationally syndicated program until uh, this day. And, Can has, I, and hasn't got a raise in 10 years. And hasn't that's true. A raise, and As that's a matter of fact, the, the poor guy, I actually think we reduced his salary, I think. Uh, yeah, you did. But, uh, <laughs> so, but I, my other greatest accomplishment, by the way, yeah. not uh, the fortune that I had from a night talk or the syndicated show, but my biggest accomplishment is accomplishment is naming Spot Spot. Right, I know. That is that's, true. That's hey, the other Spot, right? right? Hey. Spot, share why. Go ahead. Uh, well, why don't you tell the story? Yeah, I want to hear from. I by hear the way, it's uh, by the way, it's two hundred to nine six zero zero zero. Oh yeah, two yeah. Let's I, or radiovote.com. Yeah, by the way, let's but, do this right now. I, I'm. You heard the innovation. You heard the things he's done for the people involved in our show. You, you know the career. You heard about it on Howard. You know, vote for the guy. This is a voting thing. John yeah. Tesh. John Tesh is also nominated. I don't even think of him as a radio guy to be honest. I think of him as a TV guy. I, I You're think, a radio guy. It's you, I, I, Kim listen, Kelly. I, I would tell you stories. You and I would dedicated write, your life to radio. I would tell stories, but I think I'm boring everybody. No. I would write a book, but I don't think anybody would read it. I have, looking back at my crazy life, it's like a, it was a combination of circus life, um, professional wrestler life, and all of these crazy things that happened to me at, 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 at such young, such a young age, and how it's like. I, I'm basically homeless, and four years later, four and a half years later, I'm the number one 
DJ in uh, America because of the reach of that then radio station. So you um, text 96... No, uh, no, the, the, the number you... So you text... It's complicated, right? It is. The number... You're texting to. Yes, nine six zero zero. Ninety six thousand nine six zero zero zero. Now to that number, you text two hundred. Doing so it right you, now. So you text. Break break out your phone right now. Okay. Whether you're in your truck or car, or whatever. We're gonna do this all together. Make sure Kid Kelly gets into the Hall of Fame. So recipient, you text nine six zero zero zero. Yeah, nine six zero zero zero. That's your recipient. Enter message. I put in two hundred. Two hundred send, and you should get a little message back saying, "Vote." Yeah, vote them corp. Thanks for voting. Now you can do that from every phone you have, and you can do it from every email, email. account you have. And there's also a, a radiovote.com. Radiovote.com. Tell us how you named uh, our, our producer Spot. Spot, come on, tell the story. You tell it. Yeah, Spotty, what happened? Oh, but you're so good at it. Kid. <laughs> yeah, Spot. We well, uh, if if you if you leave anything out, I'll I'll, I'll slip it. I'll slip it. Oh yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, <laughs> no, when I when I was an intern, a, a very young intern at Z100. Uh, kid was still, you know, kid was still there. He was the operations manager, and uh, you know, Hal was my mentor. Hal that he mentioned that produces Backtracks '80s. Um, so he would always be walking up and down the halls, and whenever Hal would walk up the hall, I would be like a foot behind him. So you would see Hal walk by, then me walk by. Was it because you were diligent, or was Hal just always all over? Hal was always walking. Uh, Hal, Hal was like the mother penguin. Hal was always walking around. Okay, so Hal's always walking around, and you're just following Hal. Like, because Hal was always running from his studio to sales to like complain about something, and back to his studio again. Still does. Still does. So Hal's just running around the office complaining, and since you're his intern, you feel like, well, I guess I'm the intern, so I'll follow him. Yeah, he's like, he's he, yeah, he didn't say just sit here. I'll be right back. He would always say, let's go. But Spot was always uniquely in unison, like ten steps behind. So in stride with in the stride Hal. with him. So like, you know, how you know, I, I my my desk faced the entrance to the office. Uh, so I had like the little doorway and I'd see Hal walk by and then one, two, three, and Hal would disappear from the frame and then one, <laughs> two, three, and then boom. Spot. spot. There's spot. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, after a while, just seeing it for like, I don't know, weeks, months. Wait, so that's the real story? I thought it was because he hits it every time. No, well, that's, what, that's no, true. That's, that's I heard about that as well. <laughs> no, but that was when he, that's you know. That's he tells the ladies. That was, when yeah. he, that was when, he, when he was officially hired. Right, right, um, right. But back then, so I'm like, dude, Jesus Christ, every time you walk by, you're like, it's like, it's like you're his little puppy. You're, and he's the master and you're the, you're the yeah. poodle following him. You're like, you're like his little dog, Spot. Spot! You're Spot! Yeah. And it's and, dark. And you know, kid never, kid never bothers to um, remember anyone name so he's just like hey, that's spot. true it's much easier give someone right. a nickname you always remember it spot. that's true yeah it makes you yeah, absolutely more memorable but All you've right. become many things over the years you've become spot you've become spotty you've become spotty davis spot thaniel his spot original thaniel. name uh, his real name this, every time uh what's the i don't i don't i wait don't i always sing an opening to you i forget what i it just comes to me naturally but spotty. i forget i uh, yeah i'd have to like i, like I, delete, I always delete that by the way at his, oh oh I, drop it like it's spot. oh drop it like it's spot hey kid i got a question for you what's the or one of our or one of our favorite ones hold on uh that was even played at my wedding, before Spock gave the the best man speech. Hold on, where is that? Uh, it was a great speech, by the way. And Stanley T gave a great speech too. And absolutely, Stanley great. T. Oh, and yeah. Covino did as well. Yeah, no, I just was there yeah. trying to look. You, cool. was, you were just drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, if if you guys are really you know in tune with with what goes on here at Sirius XM, Stanley T of the Morning Mashup, you know he's worked with Kid Kelly for years. Yeah, That's the relationship yeah. there. He pulls out bites. Yeah. He runs the show. Yeah. He'll dance in tights yeah. with busted toes. Oh, Dickie, that had to hurt your voice. Named by the legend Kid Kelly. Vote for him for the Radio Hall of Fame. 96,000. 
Enter 200, 96,200, and details at the website, right? Uh, RadioVote.com, yes. I feel very awkward, by the way, pimping myself. Don't, I really do. Don't, don't. We're just when, uh, when, throwing it back on a Thursday, talking about the old school come up and process. You know, that's I, just how it was. Now, Nowadays, you, you work with another guy who I think you could have been. So I wonder what the relationship was was like. You did the radio thing and you owned it. Mark Goodman was on TV doing that sort of thing. Couldn't you have done that stuff on MTV? Was that ever a possibility or route for you? So this is true. Or was there only I, room I've for never one guy shared, with an, I've with never shared this story. I haven't shared I, I want to know. Oh. So I, I get a call on the request line at that radio station, at, and it's like, hi, we're so-and-so from MTV. Would you like to come in for a screen, whatever they called it? I go, huh? <laughs> yeah, right, click, and I hang up on them. Right. It was the request line. Uh, and then they call back again on the business line and somehow connect it uh, through the phone operator, and they go, no, it's so-and-so. Come in. We want to screen test you. So I go, all right, it is real, so I'll go in. Two days later, I go in. They want to have this ridiculous screen test at like 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, any respectable night jock will tell you that when they're rocking that mic, M-I-C, oh so viciously, they're not going to bed until 6, 7 o'clock in the morning because you're just too wired and crazy. You can't, I'm like amped up. I can't I said, sleep. Listen, when you did nighttime radio, you may be done at midnight, but you're going out for drinks afterwards. Then you get home, you're watching TV. You can't really fall asleep. Yeah. It's an odd life. Yeah, even if you're not drinking because that's a bad life. Maybe you do it for a year or two and you realize, oh, this is not sustainable. Um, you know, basically, you know, if you're on the air at midnight, that's your five o'clock. So when you get home from work at five o'clock, you know, you have dinner, you chill out. You don't go to bed till five, six hours later. Same thing, you know, when the sun would come up would be my cue to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, got to go to sleep. So I'm like, oh, they want me there at nine o'clock. There's no way I'm going to be able to. I lived in New Jersey at the time. Uh, and uh, the video place was in Midtown Manhattan. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make this 9 o'clock thing. I'm not, I can't force myself to go to sleep. I can't force myself to get up. I'm going to traffic. So I'm just going to stay up all night. So I stay up all night. I leave the house at like 6.30 to get there by 9 o'clock. I get there at 9 o'clock. I walk in. I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, they're letting me in. This is, not, this is true. Okay, I get down. I sit there. And I'm sitting there chilled out. And they're interviewing me now before they take me into the green room to give me a screen test and the person says to me hey you're kid kelly i'm like yeah are you sure this this is what they say to me are you sure i go yeah i'm sure <laughs> and they go hmm okay so we like the way you sound on the radio and um we're really interested in, in having you be a vj here now this is like 1992 i think they actually hired eric niece instead okay him? yeah Ooh, you're club oh. mtv yeah oh. the, the grind you could have been the grind guy the grind. <laughs> right the grind i think they hired that guy instead i'm not kidding but so they sit me down they start uh me with these ridiculous questions and then they're like are you sure i'm like yeah i'm, I'm sure who i am yes <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so um, we're really interested in you. It's just a formality. We'll take you to the green room. We'll put you on test, but, you know, you, you'll be fine. Let's talk salary. And they start talking numbers, and they go, how much do you make at the radio station? I go, uh, 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 right. I, I just met you. I'm not going to tell you. And, and literally, I'm like, I just met you. I'm not going to tell you how much I make. Who are you? And it could work against you, depending yeah, on what you say. So I get them to tell me how much the gig pays. And they go, well, it pays 70 And I go, 70? Yeah, right. Picture Which, that. Picture, picture that. <laughs> Stanley T would say, picture that. I'm going to give up my gig on and, the number one radio station. And, and they go, oh, and that's the best part. They go, uh, it pays 70. And I go, 
oh, well, you want to know my salary, but it's more than that. I, <laughs> Quite a bit. Uh, I go. It's okay. You know how much do you need? Because I, 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 you know, I wasn't. I never. I never really cared about salaries. I just cared about what it paid and what the gig was. And I would have taken it, but they said, "quote But you have to give up your radio job." And my response was, "But that's how you found me." Yeah. No why way. wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to do that? And this? How long could this be? It was. I, I, yeah. You know, um, it's a different time too. But you could have done they, the grind. And they said, and they said <laughs> you're going to be. On, gonna, they said you're going to be on the road a lot. And I go, well, all right, then I understand that because you at least could you at least meet my salary. And then I'm starting to talk very different because I didn't have an agent at the time. Yeah, uh, I'm starting to speak like two articulately for them and to profession like i was like yeah, doing I, I was not now. in dj mode i'm in business yeah mode. you're talking business and then they're like are you sure that you're the same jock because they had heard the stupid stuff that you just put yeah, on the yeah, yeah and i'm like yes i'm sure and they go uh, uh okay so i mean we'll get you to 75 but you get to keep all the clothes and at that point <laughs> i went Oh, great. Let me. And then I went into the crazy Kid Kelly character. Right. And I go, oh, let me get this straight. You want me to give up that job? Um, it pays a, a lot less than what I'm making. They paid pretty well back then. Um, and um, I get to keep the clothes. Hmm. Hang on. Let me think about this. And I literally <laughs> get up and I walk out and go home. <laughs> wow. Oh, think of all the cool hypercolor t shirts you could have. Yeah, man. You could have had all the, you could have had all the Cavaricis you wanted. You could have had all the bum equipment. <laughs> I could have had all the Z Cav ever. You could have had so <laughs> many Cavaricis. And they were expensive oh, back then. Oh, and man. I got up and left. And, you know, for decades, I thought, hmm, did I do the right thing there? Because that was a pretty test. That was a pretty, pretty. A ballsy move at the time. Absolutely, that was a pretty stupid no, thing to do. You couldn't have given up. I that mean, gig. I, you know, and it's probably because I was tired and I, you know, and I, and I didn't get any sleep. And and you know, you're asking me these ridiculous questions, and you want me to like take less money and keep the clothes. I'm like, what am I, Johnny Bravo? The suit fits. You're you're no, you're, no. I'm glad because it adds to the credibility that, like I said before, you dedicated your life to radio uh, and, and this. You know, new thing called Sirius XM satellite radio, which isn't new anymore, but kids been around for a long time. So, a, a true innovator, a guy like I said, he's he's by, nominated by way, with other people. It's kind of a competition. Back to the other MTV. people that haven't necessarily dedicated their lives to radio, yeah, as far was, as I'm concerned. I was just thinking back to the MTV thing. Did Mark Goodman's uh, Afro have a non compete with you? Like, did they, <laughs> was it like, like, like MTV? Like, he's like, I could be the only Afro at MTV. Was Mark, that part of it? Mark Goodman and the rest of the VJs, <laughs> Nina Allen. Because um, they, Mark, they, they changed the, the world. You're, you're, they, you're their, you're their boss. They were great. Boss. And Mark is awesome. You're well, their boss. I, I, come on, really? Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I, you know, I can't. You, I, 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 somebody asked me what I do. You know, I, when I'm here in Los Angeles, I Uber about back and forth. And naturally, the conversation from the driver. So, what do you do? What are you here for? What are you doing? And, you know, I never tell them where I work. I never tell them exactly what I do. They ask me, and I kind of dance about it. But the, the number one thing, I, what do you do? And I say, well, I, I hang out with talented people, and, uh, and I help them be better versions of themselves. That's what I. That, what do, that's what I do professionally with, you know, with the people who uh, I'm higher than on the organ or on the org chart, and I also hopefully choose the right songs and create the right vibes and feels, if you want to, for the specific brands in the pop category. But, but you know what else you do along the same lines, kid? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I always admired this about my mentor, Liquid Todd. He was never scared to give anyone else their shine. You know, here he is. He was on the radio doing his thing, and he was fully confident and 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 willing to let me have my moment course, and, and try to make me yeah. better. And I, kid, I think about that as far as hits on hit. Kid always could have you know said, uh, exactly. I'll do the morning show. We don't need the the mashup. Or he could have said, I'll do the weekend countdown. Uh, Spider House, and I'll do it. No, but, but we, yeah, what, you, what your wife said on Howard too was so telling, and I thought it was awesome uh, when she said that you spend most of your time trying to make 
other people better and trying to make sure that pictures of them are on the internet and that they're doing all their social media stuff. And as a result, you didn't have much of a presence because that's no longer your job or your focus. So that's why we're saying, hey, yeah. this guy who's made all of us better in this business, you know, deserves some credit and should be in the Radio Hall of Fame, despite what Howard's saying about it, even though he, he's endorsing he, he it. You. And despite what you're saying about I, it, too, because I know you're downplaying it, too, but I think it's awesome. Well, 96,000 to, to 200. 96,000, 96,000, enter 200. Or again, just you know, look it up, Google it, you'll find it. Get Radio it in there. Com, Radio there would be no Cavino and Rich if it wasn't for uh, Kelly. No, it's true. When I got fired from Z100 after yeah. being there almost five years, I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do exactly. next? I remember thinking there was uh, there was possibilities in Boston or Houston, or I was, I was looking at different radio stations. I was about to like uproot my life and be like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And I met Kid for lunch, and he's like, Dicky, the Sirius XM thing, come on, come on. And uh, he saved. Me. He made my career a second time. So the least you guys could do, if you listen to our show, is vote for Kid Kelly. Ninety six thousand. Text the number two hundred to that and vote for Kid because, like I said, the stupid show you listen to every day, Kevin on Rich, would never have formed if we were never serious, and that would never have happened if it wasn't for Kid. And I want to thank you for stopping by. I, on a throwback, especially on a throwback Thursday. Not saying you're a throwback, but the throwback. I am. No, you're not. How's the hair? He's the ultimate throwback. On a Thursday. <laughs> by the way, Kid looks great uh, for the record, and he's been doing it for so long. But he's like a like a big brother to us. Pow to us, and and uh, you know we always ha hanging out with them. But I'm I'm glad you stopped by because these stories are fun to uh, to bring to the air because a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, and truthfully, when you think about all these old school things, yeah, maybe a little inside radio, but people love to hear that shit. And you know, like Spot, Spot's been our producer for over a decade. Whoop. Spot, we met. Yeah. At Z100, we yeah. met at the old school at the old yeah. school radio station, so it all it all ties together. It all ties together. Uh, so thanks again. And you and Kid Bond because you both got yelled at by the same boss. We both got yelled <laughs> at did. by the same boss. It's a small industry, and uh, you know, Kid and I. Kid always gives me uh, good relationship advice, which I appreciate. Which you never and take until which now. I, well, which I pay closer what, attention I, to nowadays. For what sure. was some of that? Can you bring any of that up? Uh, I'd like to. I want to yeah. see if I was still on point. Oh no, you're always honest to God. You're you're usually on point with the with the women advice. The best of Govino and. When you have a conscious thought, sometimes you can't get it out of your head, and things are never the same again. And now I, I even view, do simple things. Yeah, well, now I view people this way, and it's sort of fucking me up a little bit because on this show, I've never seen such a deliberate sort of example of character description. And then I'm thinking, well, what's my deliberate personality type? That, that people portray me as or see me as? And is that what I'm trying to give off? Is that who I want to be? Because some of those personality types on this show, I hate. Sad Guido Clown. Is that you? Sad Guido Clown is a great description. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Character description. So basically, if I got the script of my life, I'm like, oh, sad Guido Clown. How oh, do I portray you're, that? You're nailing it. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. Oh. I think you're nailing it. Oh, I gotta, I gotta write out checks that I don't want to write. No, sad Guido Clown. <laughs> I think I'm really nailing the part. You're right, Rich. Sad Guido Clown. Sad Guido Clown. This is like a script perfectly written for me. Sad Guido. Clown. Sad Guido Clown. Oh man, dude, did I tell you? Oh man, I I got my oh, couches delivered the... and it was the wrong color. Oh, sad Guido Clown. But that's all right. Because the Mexican guys came over, and they were like, hey, oh, <laughs> I offered him water. It was a great story. You are a sad Guido. I am a sad Guido clown. You don't get it. And the Mexican guy took my a shit in my bathroom. I was like, what do you got to do that for? My couches are wrong. I don't fucking get it, but I'm watching the Yankees game, so all is fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> 
said Guido. Yo, guess what? These nuts. It's like it's like this script was written just for me. That's great. That that's my point. Everyone has a role. And you're playing it, and, and you don't realize it. That's that's really it. That's my dumb, deep thought of the day. The end. Can I go home now? I need to be sad. The best of Covino and Rich on Faction Talk 103. I want to know what, what you're talking about when you say, uh, do, we, do we just do give we in? Do we just give in? Covino and I started doing the whole fight the pussification of America years before all these other people started using that term and everything. It was like a, it was one of our first old school bits, like over a decade. Ago. Every Tuesday, uh, we would highlight all these stories that were coming up like wildfire about people complaining and being offended about stupidity and and things that just didn't resonate at the time. And then, of course, yeah. we had to give I, in. I remember the whole "I'm giving in." To the pussification of America. It all started with everyone getting a trophy. It started with um, not being able to say Christmas and holiday and all that. But we're talking, you and I having these conversations over a decade ago. I just wonder, is it time to just say, listen, society's moving in a direction. To fight it is just a... a, uh, a battle that will not be won. Yeah, you're you're fighting the social curve. You can't do it. I mean, it's impossible. So it's like it's an impossibility. <laughs> you could point it out, which we still do, but you can't fight the way the world is heading. When you see these stories of parents complaining about, well, how you, we can't have a father-daughter dance because not everyone has a father available, so it can't be. Nah, Dude, like that's uh, not worth fighting. I, I've given up. I, I've given up, like you, Lincoln Park. Do you just give in? Uh, of course, we've done. You, I hate to break the news to you, Rich. We gave in, like fucking six, seven years like, ago. Like there's a video this morning, maybe six years. There's ago. a video this morning that was on the news, and you know how Morgan Freeman's one of the accused Me Too people. Like people were saying, Morgan Freeman was inappropriate with women. There's a woman on the news that said, watch this video of Morgan Freeman looking this woman up and down. Yeah, now he's going back to Shawshank. Morgan used to be free, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you you see this, and I remember, I, I looked to you and I said, is this woman for real? This woman just said, watch this video of Morgan Freeman looking this woman up and down. So now you can't look someone How up and down? How often do you look a woman up and down? Do we just give in and say, yeah, he's bad? <laughs> what you're saying, when do we start taking a stand again, right? No, it no, I feel, I feel like taking a stand, you're criminalized. Like, I saw this Morgan Freeman video, and my first thought was, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. This woman said, this is weird. I was at a presser, uh, like a press conference where they, you know, where they promote movies, and this woman said, Morgan Freeman, you could see his eyes look this woman up and down. I want to thank Joseph Moulton for sharing this clip. What's oh, up, Joe? Joey Moulton. He goes, you have to be kidding me. He goes, this is what gets your life ruined in 2018. Gentlemen, and there's a lot of men listening right now. Gentlemen, you know, take note. There's a lot of men listening who still have one foot in the old school where there's a little bit of Don Draper in your game. Well, but, but, but I'm telling you. And you can't be that way in today's world. What I find fascinating is that Things that are not, like things that are not inappropriate, are being linked in with like rapey guy behavior. Let me tell you, I like used... a guy, a guy that looks a woman up and down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is in the same is in the same conversation as a guy that like touched women. How is? Do you remember my advice when we started this show? My advice used to be, when all else fails, talk about your jammy. Remember that? 
You can't do that anymore. You better take back you that have, advice. You have to act like you don't even have one. When all else fails, I say, talk about your jammy. Always reminder, you have one. Don't fucking ever talk about your penis in today's world. Things shifted like this. And we gave in. Everybody. And because some of the changes were, I, I guess, evolution, baby. You know what I mean? Like, you got to yeah. stop being so so much of a caveman. And you got to... You gotta hide your penis a but, little bit. Be discreet with as, the penis. But as the trend goes here, do we do we just give in and be like, not 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 jump on and be like, oh yeah, bad guy. But to fight it makes you look like a jerk off. Right. That's why people just throw their hands up to it and like, I don't want to be involved. Yeah, I'm not involved. Yeah, I'm not involved. Like Morgan know? Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman, for for all intents and purposes, the stories you're reading about Morgan Freeman. 90% of them are like, he just seemed like a creepy guy. Not touching anyone, not being raped. A, a lot of the stories that you're seeing about Morgan Freeman were, he looked at me. He's like, I'm he, a man, you're a woman. He looked at me sexually. He he overcomplimented my legs or dress or something like that. You want to take a listen? Yeah, this is just. Uh, take a listen. It this is it, on the news. It makes me wonder. How is this news? It makes me wonder, do we like. Stick up for Morgan Freeman and say this is horseshit, or do we say? No, it's just or, an example. Or do you I'm just, not taking anyone's side, and I'm not taking for the safety of the culture we live in right now. I want anyone throwing stones at me. Fuck that puto. I'm not defending him. I don't know what he did, but but what I'm saying, I'll is, tell you this. Uh, I I watch it and I say, hmm, I don't I don't know what's so bad about that. Oh, uh, let's hear this. <laughs> don't defend them. It's not worth it. For this investigation was actually my own experience with Morgan Freeman at a junket last year for the movie Going in Style. Right when I walked into the room, he began making sexually suggestive comments to me. Now, as an entertainment reporter for over a decade, it was unlike anything I truly have ever experienced. One of those comments was caught on tape. In this comment that's on tape, he says to me, boy, do I wish I was there boy. while looking me up and down. I was six months pregnant at the time, and his co-stars, Alan Arkin and Michael Caine, were seated on either side of him and actually looked at him when he made this comment to me. Again, it was caught on tape. And take a, take a note of Freeman's eyes in this clip. <laughs> well, okay. One time I, I congratulated the woman on being pregnant and she wasn't. Um, and so I've never done it again. It took 50 years, I've never done it. You've learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. Um, Lord, do I wish I was there. Uh, this movie is, as you see, that was quick That's right so there, weird. but there were I mean, other a, comments made to me by Freeman comment. before. Wait, is he insinuating that I wish I was there like when you got pregnant? No, I like, think, what, like, I think, by the way, you know bozo. What? He's referring to when Michael Caine yeah. put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Boy, do I wish I was there. Right. To see it, that. It's nothing to do with her. And, and she and, goes, and by the way, this woman, like, I don't want to fucking say the wrong things. <laughs> see? I give up. No. No. I give up. I've given up. No. No. Does she realize it had nothing to do with her? Just say it. I give in. No, she thinks that he's talking about her when she he's was when her about, child was conceived. Yeah, no. boy, boy, do I wish I no, was I there. No, I wish I was there. Boy, I, I wish Michael Caine made a fool of himself. I would love to Michael see Kane. you getting pregnant. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he'd love to see what Michael Caine. Oh, of I him. hate everybody. Everybody, I hate you. Hold on. The best part is how she said, "Look everybody. at look at his eyes." His eyes are like old man fucking half closed he's eyes. In a, he's probably stoned. I can't even see his eyes. There's a big skin tag blocking it. There's a big. There's like some some. He's got Boy, some. Do I wish I was there. Bar do I wish I was seeing you getting railed, getting railed, in getting there, gooed inside getting gooed you. Inside. I'd how love often, to see that goo. How often do you see that goo? I don't give a shit. 
I don't get it. Dropping goo. Everybody sucks. All over you. I don't know what this woman. I don't know what what really happened to her. Right. So I don't want to say anything disparaging or anything that that could be insensitive because maybe something did happen to her. Right. But you're gonna tell me that this quote unquote entertainment reporter. Isn't intelligent enough to decipher where Morgan Freeman wasn't even talking about her? He was talking about Michael Caine. And then she goes on national TV, HLN, to to totally jeopardize this man's character. A lot of of people say that Morgan Freeman is an older, creepy guy. But still, but when you throw things like that out there, isn't that just example. as damaging than when what they're being accused of? When you when you put someone's character in question, to me, that's the most offensive shit ever. I gotta be honest. I think I got a pretty tough skin in a lot of ways that you might not recognize. Okay, guys, I deal with a lot. <laughs> I, I deal with don't. a lot. But when I get the most offended, it's when people question my character. And don't you find it to be equally as offensive if if you're being accused of some shit that is so is totally false? Well, is Morgan Freeman really creepy? Well, that clip you just played, I gotta be honest, if we're gonna go clip for clip, in this particular moment, this guy's not even talking about that woman. That's How often do you really look at a man's shoes? How often do you look at a man's goo? When I mean, he's coming inside his wife and making I'm, a baby. I'm not saying he's is not he guilty. He like- might be guilty of a lot of things. But in that particular moment, yeah, here's the, the thing. her leading her leading argument on HLN News, he's not guilty of anything at least there. I know. Yeah, here's here's the here's the problem. It's like if you're if you're going to come out against someone and you want to make an impact, it better be legitimate and it better be real. Yeah. And it it, it better not just be I mean, he, he, there's, it's probably very possible because a lot of people are saying things about him, that he's creepy, that he's inappropriate, and where there's smoke, there's fire. But this is like the worst example of what he could have done. Yeah, worst. And he was talking and you're about. You're the her. spokesperson for the people, which is losing, making everyone else that may have been like inappropriately affected by him lose 100% credibility. I'm glad you said it, Spani. So many women now are. are choosing the worst examples that take away from real scenarios you know really terrible bad mm-hmm. um moments where guys really cross the line it's all watered down by these mm-hmm. stupid stories that make headline news the end now why didn't someone at headline news say wait wait hold on hold on honey buns I'm sorry. Uh, was that, that, maybe 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 <laughs> maybe hold on, sugar tits. Maybe maybe honey buns. <laughs> all right, let me get this straight. Hey, sweet cheeks. Did it ever dawn on you, since you are a reporter, did it ever dawn on you that he wasn't even talking about you? That's so weird to me. (laughs) But the end, because, again, we've given up. Yeah. Well, no, give it up because of – you also give up. You also give up because uh, what you don't want, what you don't want is – you don't want trouble coming your way because you, like, who, I don't give a fuck to defend Morgan Freeman, but if you, you defend them too much, then all of <laughs> a no, sudden no. people might think Kavino's a piece of shit. You got to walk on eggshells like Hefe said, and, and I'll tell you what, you know what phrase I, I've retired? What? Boy, do I wish I was there. I'm never saying that again. Boy, Because I don't I, want it to be taken out of context. People might be like, wow. Yeah. Where? Uh, like in my panties? No. no. I was just I was boy, no, I I was Michael Caine made yeah. a fool of himself. I'm talking. Boy, do I wish I was there. 
I'm never saying that phrase again because I'm in fear that I could offend somebody. Oh, like Kahn. where? Like in my house spying on me? No. <laughs> no. Why would you think oh, that? Where? Like in my closet lurking, you creep? I wish I was there looking at you. No, that's not what I meant. Like I'm looking at you now. Boy, do I wish I was there. Where? Down my pants? No. And, and the, the best part about that clip is when she goes, and uh, take note of his eyes. He has glaucoma. Like, and now all of a sudden, uh, uh, a, a squinty old guy, like you said, who has a skin tag over his eye, probably. I mean, he's like 140 years old. I saw his, his eyes roll when, he when is, he was accused and he's of like, this. He always looks like he's high, too. He's got glassy eyes. He has freckles on his eyeballs. You're trying to tell me that he's 180 years old. Now it's also wrong to look at someone? Saying, oh, I heard James Corden say something amazing today. I think he was on Howard. Yeah. In fact, I'm lying. He absolutely was on Howard. I just don't want to give him any credit because he gives us none. All right, go ahead. I love Howard, but James Corden was on. And he goes, what people fail to recognize is you being offended is like saying, I hurt my foot or I hurt my leg or my leg hurts. Just because my leg hurts doesn't mean that everyone else needs to feel that pain. That's what people fail to recognize. Everyone has the right to be offended or feel offended, but that doesn't mean that we all need to share in your offense. It's like stubbing your toes. Yeah, like, oh. I stubbed my toe that hurt. Everyone should feel my pain. That's not how it works. That's Ooh. the real big problem here. And, and I thought that was really insightful, and it kind of went under the radar. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Brito yeah. Clown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, So, yeah, you could be offended, but I don't need to stomp my feet like a little fucking cry baby mm. so that everyone feels the pain I feel because I'm offended but guess what my toes hurt for some reason that doesn't mean I expect you to feel that for some reason though people are are being thrown thrown to the wolves the bad wolves people are being thrown into the fire people well, are fine because I got my wolf knives but hold up but people uh people are being fired and blackballed and Leave my balls out of this. Man, I wish I was there. Boy, <laughs> boy, boy, I, I wish, wish I, was. I was there. What does that even mean? I don't know. What don't, does that even mean? Don't even say it, though. Because you no. say that, it can be taken out of context. Yeah, boy, I wish I was there. Oh, my God. So yesterday, I was getting a haircut. Boy, I wish I was there. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a creep. <laughs> like, do you have, like, binoculars? <laughs> You're why? Like, why do you want? Why do you wish you were there? You remind me of the weird guy lurking behind the plant. <laughs> Boy, I wish I was there. <laughs> I can't see you right now, but if I could. Wait, you're not even talking about me, but I'm still offended. <laughs> I can't see Bye. three feet in front of my face. Bye, creepy guy. The end. Well, what else are you giving up on? I I I saw this story and I'm like, fucking, what are we gonna fight for? Get this. Fight for your right to party. Miss America oh, I saw this. is scrapping the swimsuit portion of its pageant. What in the hell? So, what the hold, hell? so hold on. Then what is it? What in the hell? Hold on. Hold what on. the hell? It's the it, Goody Two-Shoes Award. Hold on. I wish I was there. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> no, I, I'm... Boy. The next edition of Miss America will scrap swimsuits and will include women of all sizes. What is this contest then? A contest of like who's like a nice lady? What is the contest? <laughs> what is the contest? If they take away the
the swimsuit part of Miss America. What is that? Like? Aren't you a sweetheart? You get like, a tan. Oh, look, I uh, fucking... Cindy down the block, who's 52? She's such a sweetheart. There she, she is. She's Miss America. There she is. Uh, Spot, Cindy, not- the house mom's here. She's really nice. She should hey, be Miss y'all. America. <laughs> she should be Miss America. Yeah, you could be the next Miss America. Uh, and I'm talking to you, uh, Black Eyes. Including women of all sizes. Miss America's pageant, getting rid of swimsuits. Um... Uh, Miss America will be a competition Not a pageant We will no longer judge candidates on their appearance Uh, Fucking give me a break Is this going to be televised? Who's going to watch it? It's the most boring thing ever This is going to sound slightly insensitive Please do This uh, is where the sentiment is is kind (laughs) But but it's so dumb Boy, I won't be watching (laughs) I wish I wasn't there Um, Doesn't it kind of cheapen all the effort that all these other women put in to be pageant girls like they spend their lives like grooming themselves for these pageants to be you know Dude. the ideal the woman. headline people want to get a cool like like uh like what would it be like acknowledgement like not what's the opposite of sympathy points they want to get like pat on the back points like oh good for them look at them they're trying they're, it's like cheap headlines you, you know you know how people get cheap thrills in life people are now taking cheap opportunities to be socially awesome you know it's like yeah we're Kavino and rich and uh you know we stand up for ugly people because that's just how, what we do now. Oh my god, you're so nice! I know, you're thanks, so nice. thanks. This is what I do. Upgraded girl, rock What does this song have to do with I love it. It's called Cheap Thrills. Oh, Cheap Thrills. That's you said, right. You said people uh, are just get off on little cheap thrills of getting pets on the back now. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you and your forced and fake movement. Hey, hey I- Covino and Rich, and, uh, you know, we stand against. Uh, give me something really lame. Yeah, I, just, I love yeah. Cheap Thrills. I just want you to know that we're, we're animal friendly here on the show moving forward. Dairy uh-huh. milk. Yeah, yeah, do you know what, man? We're taking a real stance against dairy milk. I uh, fucking only drink goat milk. Yeah, oh man, Cavino Rich are really socially oh. conscious and uh, they they care about the environment. Oh my god! Oh my god! They're so ahead of the times. Yeah, can that's I, the world we live in right can now. Can I start competing in like Mr. Universe pageants? It's like everyone leads with their fucking lame uh, go, uh, bumble description. Hey, go up there with we're Cavino Rich and I care about the environment. Can I go up there with like my pasty chest and my <laughs> fat gut and be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, a fitness model too. Well, hey, that's why. And by the way, uh, that's why I really spoke highly about recycling recently. I just want you to know that. Oh, that's your stance. <laughs> yeah. No, Kavino and Rich, uh, <laughs> the show that recycles. If you litter, yo, can you change the uh, production spot? I want to moving forward be known as Kavino and Rich, the show that recycles. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Recycles bad jokes over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kavino puts all his jokes in the blue bin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've recycled the same these nuts jokes for fifteen to twenty years now. Oh, what's here? What's this in the blue bin? That's uh, both of these nuts who oh, won the okay, horse race yeah. over oh, the yeah. weekend. Yeah, both of these nuts. How many people hit me up with that saying is is Cavino involved? 
So funny. Um, but let me get back to the story real quick. Miss America will now be a competition, not a pageant. Swimsuits not being part of it to include women of all shapes and sizes. Transgenders, too? The of official. course, they have to. If not, that's their next uh, press release. Well, no, that already happened, didn't it? Wait, Transgenders the, the official, compete Miss the, America? Get this. Yeah. The, official, oh the official Miss America Twitter tweeted a video of a bikini disappearing with hashtag bye bye bikini. I think I saw that play. Yeah, it's fine. You, you got your tickets at the T, uh, TKTS booth in New York City, right? You saw Bye Bye uh, Bikini, bye bye the matinee. We hate to see you go. In place of the swimsuit contest, the contestants will take part in a live interactive session. They'll highlight their achievements and goals. Oh, boy, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> boy. Um... The uh, elimination of swimsuits. Hi, Miss Kentucky. She comes out in her fucking apron and mom jeans. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 tell, yeah, me about, awesome. tell me about your goals. I'm trying to get my products on Etsy, and it's really, a, like, I'm working very hard towards it. Oh, yeah, oh, you oh, get a right, 10. Yeah, right. everybody get, oh, by the way, everybody gets oh. a 10. All right. Be the end. Yeah, we've um, given up. We all suck. But the saying, that, that's where it goes with my daily trend of, do we just give in and say, yeah, fine. Like, we get to argue it and be like, we need the bikini. Like, by the way, you're fucking... making my dad so angry right now. Yeah, I can't. I tell you, I hate this. What I hate about your generation. I hate you guys and how you guys pander to it. And it's like, well, look, what do you want me to do? Sound like a dinosaur? You got to fucking either conform or understand, or, or you're the angry, bitter person. Well, I, I want to be, I don't want to be bitter, I uh, want, bitter Guido clown. I, want, I just want to fucking be happy. I want your dad to know that I think this is the stupidest thing I've read in, in a month, two months, maybe six months. But, the, but, but what am I supposed to say? The truth, which the truth is, it's a beauty pageant. Women that are hot are supposed to win a contest. That's Miss America is supposed to be a, a beautiful young woman. No, beautiful with, uh, in and out. Yeah, in no, and out, Miss America right? is supposed to be, or Miss USA is supposed to be a beautiful woman who has a great body that has that that is involved in charity that has a good head on her shoulders that has a great career ahead. A in woman, and out, it, a beautiful person yeah. inside and out. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that. The elimination of the swimsuit isn't the only change coming to this 97-year-old event. Which, by the way, I think Morgan Freeman was at the first one. Man, that's lame. Um, the uh, the I don't have to wish I was oh, there. I was there. boy. The evening gown portion is also being revamped, where it lets women wear whatever they want and not have to wear a dress. Oh, yeah, because you don't want to put social pressures on girls to dress like women. Contestants that's my new stance, by the way. Yeah, Contestants will yeah, also. This is what my wife wears at night: yoga pants and a freaking uh, sports bra. Contestants will also discuss how they would advance their social impact initiatives. The talent portion it will remain. Stop oh. socially pressuring me. Uh, the rise of the hashtag Me Too movement is be is uh has to do with all these changes. Says um, who's this Carlson, the person in charge? Tucker Carlson. Now, uh, Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen. Sounds wow. like a hot name. The next Miss America pageant. Mark this down for zero attendance. You don't even have to be American anymore. Go ahead. Let me hear it. You don't even have to be American. No, no, no. The next <laughs> you Miss could be illegal. Ne the next Miss America will be September 9th. See, but don't you In see Atlantic City, New that's Jersey. That's like, like ah, a liberal mindset gone too far. You don't see that? Yes. Okay. I'm I so glad. hate this. Right. This is the worst thing I've ever... I mean, because no one gives a shit about Miss America anyway to that level. So but that's probably but, why. But it's, but it's like... It, 
Who will watch yeah, it's this? Like, did you watch the last Miss America Vengeance? No, it's like the people. Exactly. That, so but I'm saying, spot. It's just uh, that's why it's forced pandering to the social movement. Uh, Lisa, Arizona, what's up? Hey, Arizona. Hey, how you doing? Hey. So I know that you guys can say this, and as a woman, I can say it. Please, because please. all of this nonsense, PC, the Miss America thing changing, the Me Too movement, all of this is the common denominator. Is it's women. Women are the ones that are moving all this forward, all this, you know, feminization of America, and making you guys take a back seat. That's what happens when you give women too much power. And they run everything on feelings. So guys need to stand back up, take back control of the country and everything else, because we're just we just can't do it. I'm it's glad a you trap. said it. I'm glad you said it. Let's leave it. Rich. Leave, it's leave a it. Trap. Is, don't no, say. Don't say. I agree. A, this is a plant phone call. I will not respond to anything she yeah. says. You guys don't have to agree with me. That's cool. I'm just. I just know that you guys can't say it, but I want to say it as a woman. I like my men to be men. I like my men to run things because yeah. they run things without. Boy, I wish I was that. Without emotion. Hey, Lisa. Yeah. You have a great day. How you dare you, <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> I'm offended by everything you said. Oh! By the way, Lisa, definitely discreet. Oh yeah. Oh, Jesus. You want a piece of Lisa? Piece of Lisa. Piece of Lisa. Piece of Lisa. Piece of Lisa. I love a piece of Lisa. I'm glad she's Arizona. That's a short drive. All right. Well. uh... Thank you. The end. By the way, Spot just said something way more offensive than Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and we're thinking like Morgan Freeman's a villain. Like, like I, I'm just saying it's amazing, though. I, <laughs> yeah. I really hope. I really hope. Spot I'm here. being serious. This sounds terrible, but I hope there's like some hard-hitting evidence that Morgan Freeman did something like a little more creepy than what we're seeing. Because if his name is being dragged through the mud, that's because what I'm saying that's a bigger crime, yeah. bro. I'm telling you, to disparage someone in that way, and it's, uh, if. They, Again, you ha he's 185 years old, and he lived through different times. You have to imagine that somewhere along the line, he crossed it. He crossed it. and uh, But so far, I haven't big, heard anything. Big Worm is saying, we have this impression of Miss America. Whether you think pageants are, are, are eye-rolling or not, we have this impression that Miss America is a well-rounded, beautiful young woman who, who is smart, beautiful, Put the effort into the effort into her body. To there her. she is, Ma average nice lady. Miss America is supposed to be like sort of the the like the. Is she supposed to exemplify? We need to drop the miss just in case. She's supposed to exemplify the most well-rounded young woman out there, like smart, beautiful, this and that. That's supposed to be like Miss America. Now, Miss America, Big Worm says, well, how funny is it going to be when Miss America rolls out there and she's like a, like a chubby 50-year-old woman. It's like, hi, Miss America. <laughs> what? You, you can't age shame. You're an ageist. I should qualify. <sighs> All right. So anyway, thank you, guys. So we've given up, and that's just the world we live in nowadays. Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. On Faction Talk 103. Grim Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to keep I you know holding. You guys don't want to talk to me. No, and I know no. you'd rather talk about boobs on the glass. Yeah, well, you're the bearer of little, bad news. That's why. Well, give me a little little latitude here for a second. Of course. And let me just tell you, Anthony Bourdain committed suicide today. A celebrity chef. You might have seen him on Travel Channel or CNN. But I think there's a little more to this 
story than than Anthony Bourdain. Let's talk about Kate Spade, who committed suicide the other day. And there's a a study from the CDC that says suicide rates in the U.S. are seeing a significant increase, like 25 to 30-plus yeah. percent. Yeah, I talked to my wife about it. That's point. ridiculous. Yeah. That's uh, absurd. And, and you know what? Yeah. You, you can't help but think, well, are we hearing about these things more and more because of social media and things travel faster and it just happens to seem that way? But studies are showing that this is more of an option than but ever you, before, you which know is it, scary. You know what's bad, too, the fact that when there is a celebrity that does commit suicide, there is an uptick in suicides as well. Right, and think of how because many we've had in, it becomes, in the past. It becomes glory, you know, it becomes glorified. Damn. I mean, well, just last the, year, it was last year we lost Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, you know, within a few weeks of one another due to, because of suicide. Well, they're saying it, it, it's tied to either mental illness, and if it's not mental illness, it's tied to a failed relationship. So I, I guess what I wanted to say, say is that, and these are catching. People I still think that's mental illness, bro. Expect these people to commit suicide. They they look happy, successful, but they're killing themselves. If you're having problems, please reach out to somebody and and, and talk. Just just don't end it. There's there's more life than suicide. Talk to somebody, please. Couldn't Anthony Bourdain, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more, Gruba. I see a lot of people. I've seen some people that seem like usually not very compassionate folks tweeting and Facebooking like, hey, if you're having problems, I'm always here to talk. Or You know, there's a lot of people that are finally starting to realize what a freaking crazy, unpredicted, weird problem this is, huh? You know, it sort of ties into Cavino uh, and I both sort of watching that 13 Reasons Why show, which a lot of people say, oh, is that a teen show? Is it for, should parents watch it? Who should watch 13 Reasons Why on Netflix? And I think it's just so... Both. Topical, considering what parents, what is, and, parents and kids need. What to is that. going on? It's it's amazing to me that people are finally starting to realize that money doesn't equal happiness. I mean, just because you got a lot of flow and you're living the life doesn't mean you're happy. Anthony Bourdain. I was looking at stuff on him this morning. And again, Daniel Tosh says I've never seen anyone frowning on a jet ski, though. It's true. Well, that is true. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, I'm looking at Anthony Bourdain this morning. Little videos and recaps of his life the guy not only traveled the world traveled. he made a ton of money he has currently kid. filming his show it wasn't like his show yeah. got canceled he has a he's kid. currently filming he has the a, show he has a France. kid he has a kid he has a kid president trump put out a statement a young saying, kid 11 year old kid saying how he was so bummed out about this he sat down I'm bummed he sat down with barack obama this for a, bigly affected me usually bummed affected me bigly a one-on-one -on -one with President Barack Obama. This guy was having meals. Many great friends. Cooking. Traveling the world with international... He had friends that wore fezzes. Do you have leaders. friends that wear fezzes? I don't. Actually, you have a brother-in-law that might wear fezzes. I want friends that wear fezzes. He had a friend, friend that... that I'm, like friends, I'm friends with Bennington, and he used to do a show with fez. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, it does count. Okay. Yeah, he had a friend in every part of the world, like Indiana Jones or some shit. You know, a lot of people are hitting us up because we just recently talked about Anthony Bourdain. He's one of the guys I always referred to when we talked about someone you did a full 180 on. Recently, we had a conversation about people who, well, actually, the conversation was the thin line between love and hate. And I said how I used to hate Anthony Bourdain, 
But the truth was I loved the guy because I thought he was living the life, the life that I wanted, the life that everybody would want, to see the world, to travel, to make friends that wear fezes, to have a friend in every part of the world, to eat and experience different cultures and, <laughs> and, and have a TV show at the same time. The guy was doing it all as far as we could see. I didn't like him because he had this cool strut about him. And I'm like, why does this guy think he's so cool? You know why? Because in my mind, he was cool. If a guy like that can't get his shit together, a guy who appears to be living the life, it really says a lot of a lot about mental health and about you know what people are, are people people are capable of. It's really scary to be honest, and you can only attribute it to mental health. It can only be that because if I told you, and and Spot made some sort of like reference to this off the air, I don't even think he he realized it. He was like, "Why hang yourself?" That seems to be the the worst option of them all. No. Because if I said to you in a, in a regular mm. state of mind, hey, Rich, you know, would you ever hang yourself? That sounds like the most horrific thing ever. Yeah, I don't, and then I don't somehow know. that's the option. You know, you must be in a really dark place. And for me, it's like a it's almost like a horror movie where there's an epidemic of, 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 of one evil telling all these susceptible people to like, all right, oh, now it's time to hang yourself. Hang yourself. But I don't want to. Like, but what's that? You know to hang yourself. What's that movie where? Because why? No, why movie, else is that the option? There's a there's a, a horror movie where like John Goodman like they pass an evil through touch. What is it? But it really God, is. You know what I'm talking about? Spot. If John not Goodman a, is Denzel. If in there's it not a voice, and not to sound like creepy, but if there's not a voice telling you to do this specifically, how is that the option? That's the most horrific option of them all. Wouldn't you rather just take some shit and maybe not wake up or you know not to get really graphic or morbid? I gotta be honest. You know, we've all been through heartache and breakups and misery. I don't know, this, if it's not mental health, I don't know what it is because I've never been uh, in that state of mind ever where that was even an option. Fallen with Denzel and John Goodman, like they pass an evil. You're right. There's got to be something. Your mind. How is, is that the option? Your mind is playing tricks on you or something. I. You gotta do it. There's yeah, no other way. It's it's what do you mean? There's no other way? Hang yourself. I don't want to hang myself. Oh, man. No person listening. I don't care what their state is. Wants to hang themselves. I know. I, as far as I could see. But then again, I'm, I've never been in these places. On a, so. on a total imaginary note, watching watching 13 Reasons Why, and that you see the, the young girl, Hannah Baker. Yeah, you know, it's a story, but it's symbolic of a lot of real-life stories of kids that oh, have art, everything going on. Art life, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. I Listen, is it crazy that I turned to my wife this morning when I woke up, and I'm like, yeah, you're like happy and stuff, right? Dude. I, 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 I turned to that this morning, because I, I first thing I woke up, I go on well, cause you I go don't know on social how media. Copes. I go on social media like every 20-year-old girl does when I first wake up in the morning. And immediately I see people tweeting and Instagramming about Anthony Bourdain. I'm like, "No way." Then I see a bunch of people with like, "Here's the suicide hotline. Here's the suicide hotline." And I'm thinking to myself, "By the way, are you serious?" I'm like, "Who know this guy?" The show is fantastic. As, as you by said, the way. as you said, here's a guy, we don't know what was going on, but on the surface looked like who could be living a better life. He traveled the world, hung out with presidents, cooked, hung out with world leaders. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, made friends. Uh, on, on a side note, I, I was recently talking about him a lot too because he recently filmed a, an episode in Armenia with Serge Tankian of System of a Down because you know he wanted to take him there and show him his culture and show him what it's about. The guy was phenomenal, highly talented, gifted. He was a chef. The guy sort of had a crazy sort of path, uh, a, a rock star vibe about him. Yeah, overcame a lot of abuse issues in the 80s, as they, and he was way into drugs in the 80s, but seemed, thought I guess people thought he got over it. Hey, nobody's life is perfect. How this is an option is beyond me, but people have a pain so. that, that we can't even fathom, and it's sad and it needs to stop, and... I don't know what else to say about it other than I'm not surprised anymore. Um, 
But like you said, Rich, actually, that's another interesting one. Like, I have a 25-year-old brother, right? And I yeah. assume, like, yeah, he has a great life. But, you know, not everything goes his way. He's struggling with where he's going in his life and his career. There's a part of me that's like, hey, dude, you know, you're not capable of anything fucking weird like that, right? <laughs> you know? Because yeah. you don't know how people are coping or what's going on or what their mental state is. Yeah. You, you just don't know. Yeah. No, it's, I don't think it's weird. Spot, you don't think it's weird to turn to your loved ones and be like, yo, you're, you're cool, right? Like, Because clearly this is an option now. Because people that are close to these people are saying, oh, we didn't even know. How are you capable well, of that? My, even my wife said to me this morning, she's like, you would tell me if you were feeling depressed and suicidal. That's evil like, shit, man. Yeah, of course I would. The fact that people are having these conversations Sad. with their loved ones just shows what Gruber was saying, how 30... What twenty five to thirty percent in like uh increase uptick increase, uh, yeah. uh, increase in percentage of suicide deaths? Yo, I'll be honest, I it didn't even cross my mind. Dude, my eight year old who's here, she yeah. knows what that is because it's impossible to avoid. To avoid, yeah. She's in the other room with her little headphones yeah. on. But she's she not knows. listening now. Yeah. I, I, you know, because I'm I'm trying to be a good parent to 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 keep her away from things like that, right? Mm -hmm. But she. Being eight and, and, you know, having friends in the internet and everything else, she's aware that people are capable of this. And that's part of the problem. I think, you know, it becomes like a, a normal sort of option. The more and more we talk about it, the more, not, and I'm not saying to avoid it by any means, I guess, but the more you hear about it and the more uh, you, you see it's happening, the more of an option it becomes, I guess, because it's part of your reality. It's no longer a foreign sort of thing that you would never even think of yeah it's in the news every fucking minute it's sad I, I i you know what's so weird is that i never even thought that and this is a this is like real talk the last year and a half you've had some real rough moments and i never one i never one time thought it really was a nightmare i know see all this gray in my beard it's because of that i think Kavino depressed living in uh with his sister in my guest bedroom and in a fucking shoebox at and, one point uh, i've, I've let's seen face it, you've, you've lived a miserable existence for the past year and a half but, but i, I, but I, I never it was a fucking nightmare really but i was. never thought to think yeah Yo, you're cool right bro i wasn't cool to be honest but i didn't have these thoughts i really didn't yeah no that's but you never know who has these thoughts which is yeah no no yeah. which is that's you know and scary and I, I feel like you know thoughts to this this amount you know people probably keep it to themselves like no one really wants to let their deep, dark inner voice out. I don't know. They deal with it themselves. I don't know Anthony Bourdain, so no, I don't cool want to. I don't, I don't want to speak. No, but I'm saying I don't know him personally. So I oh career wise, I'd be, cool I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be completely speculating. So that's that's wrong to do. But my thought would be, I'd imagine a lot of people that thought they knew him were th were thought when he was maybe bummed out or depressed. They're like, yeah, Bourdain's bummed out, but uh, I mean, look at the life this guy's living. Yeah. Like I don't know. Do you think the people close to him? Think this was a possibility and that's what happens with a lot of these suicide cases the people close to them I don't think they realize that this was a possibility and the worst part is not knowing why you know a lot of times You just don't even know why and that's fucked up, right? You know, that's the worst part that happened uh, to a close family member in the past year and a half You know everyone was left there wondering well, why the fuck did he do that? You know or and a family friend I should say it happens all the time and I remember the first time. Do you remember being a kid, like realizing this was an option? And you're like, "What? My neighbor, people actually my, uh, do that? My next door neighbor killed himself." Yeah, if, uh, uh, my aunt's friend's like brother on, on my aunt's my aunt's best friend's brother when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, like like Melody's age. And I remember all my family talking about it and they're trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, "That's what people are that crazy." I didn't get it either. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, my next door neighbor. 
I woke up on a Saturday or Sunday morning, and there were police cars like by my house. Woo! I'm like, what's going on, right? And I'm thinking, what's going on? Everyone was outside pretending to be cold. The next door neighbor, who had a wife and two kids, yeah. sat in his car in the garage and clogged the the yeah. what, what it did the whole clogged the gas uh, with the, the muffler, the muffler and all that, whatever it was, and you know, died sitting in his car. Apparently, he was just going through so much, and I'm like, oh my god, what? What do you mean? He, what do you mean? Doug killed himself? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, like it's not an option. This shouldn't be an option. You know what the option is? Get some mental help and fix it. It's not too late. You know, it's and that sounds obvious, but clearly it's not. So if there's one guy out there, fuck, Spot will talk to you. Call up Steve Gruba. Just don't bother honestly, me. Just don't bother me. Honestly, <laughs> I'm busy. I got my own shit to worry about. If you, if you, honestly, if you are feeling shitty and do want to talk to someone, call me. I hey, I volunteered you, you, uh, you on behalf of the show. No, but seriously, there's there's someone there to talk to. Get professional help. I'll give you my number right now. Again, uh, Anthony Bourdain hung himself at the age of 61. He was in France. The is, guy l was living the life, at is, least from the surface. Clearly, he uh, was unhappy. And, and then what? You, you just get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want tomorrow. I don't want that. I'm done. I'm done with this. That's, I'm done. A, that's, it, that's the that's the part to me that's so hard to comprehend. Like, I don't want tomorrow. And you know what? I hate to say it now because it's insensitive, but I mean, it's so selfish when you have a, a, a little kid. Yeah. You know, what sort of messages that sent to them? But it's just, it's just you know? one of those things where to think the person who says, I'm so, their, their mental state and their, as you said, a mental health thing, that they feel like they don't want tomorrow. That, to me, seems... Yeah, what's the other option? Like, no, like I don't know. Like darkness. Yeah, I don't, I'd, I'd rather, rather, I'd rather be, the, the I'd rather be miserable. The, the hopes of an afterlife? I don't know, but like, you're right. It's, it's such a... I'd I rather be alive and miserable. I could see if you're like an old fuck and you lived your life and you're like, yeah, I don't care I'm about a, I'm, I'm a, in pain. I'm, a hundred, you know? I'm 103. Yeah, I get it. Hey, you know what? You lived your life. You're in pain. You're fucking, your feet hurt. I could see it. My life's not worth living anymore. This isn't good quality life. That guy's in France strutting around drinking lattes. You know what I mean? Eating food. I know he <sighs> had drinking demons younger in his yeah. days. And I, Look, everybody has issues. Uh, this guy had, had bigger demons than we could have ever imagined. Uh, he, yeah, he had bigger demons. People like Mariana Florida saying he talked about it on his show. I'm sad, but not surprised. Bourdain was the guy that talked about his demons. Let's go to all your phone calls. Probably some, uh, some unfortunate phone calls we'll probably go to. But... I guess I'm trying to think of the, the the best way to sum this up is I guess what all these people call somebody. Okay, yeah, talk to somebody. If you're feeling like if you're feeling like there's no there's no positive end in sight, man, there is. And there never take it lightly. You know, uh, our buddy Ricky said, "I don't see any value in watching 13 Reasons Why." I think it's a good life lesson to see you know why people get to this point. And especially yeah, young it's never, people. It's never just one thing. No, it's never just one thing. It's, it's a series of things that push you to this point. And you see that in the show on Netflix. And it's really intriguing and sad. But from the parental standpoint or the adult standpoint, you know, there's always signs that you may take lightly because you think people are incapable. In the show, there are, there are moments where she says to the guidance counselor or to the adults in her life, like, yeah. you know, I just want things to stop. I just, I just, I'm not happy. I, you know... These are times where you as an adult or as a friend or so, need to take them serious, you know, and, and say, hey, wait, 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 wait a second. Let's not let's not breeze past that. Like, are you having, you know, it's an awkward conversation, but like, are you capable of this? Because honestly, if it ever comes to that, like, call me first. Well, Nar Narzan hit us up and said the, the tricky part about this 
is that it's a mental health issue. Absolutely. So you, you, like these like these people are not thinking rationally because the mental health is is not allowing and them. It's to not necessarily someone who suffers from me a long term mental health thing. It could be temporarily. Or a temporary situation. Like yeah, you're, th you're thinking. But don't you feel yourself spiraling? You're thinking with complete logic, though. And when you think with complete logic, uh, I'll, t I'll take it down to something way less se severe, obviously, than suicide. No, I bet. But when someone has anxiety, yeah, can't explain so, it. You know, someone that doesn't have anxiety would be like, "Well, dude, just calm down." When you have anxiety, you can't just calm down. Telling someone with irrational crazy mental thoughts because they're having a mental illness situation you can't tell that person like hey snap out of it life's gonna get better you can't necessarily just say that and think it's gonna work it's a bummer let's start with uh line one who is uh anonymous from michigan what's up hi hi um i was i was calling about the subject that you're talking about and yeah. I'll, I'll try to make um sense of what i'm gonna say is that um i lost my brother to suicide in 2009 sorry only only, only to find myself um, suicidal in February of 2017. Um, it built over years of my life, but really over months. I had to stop myself from doing what I was going to do. I had to go to a psych ward. And it probably took me a month before it happened and three months after to even be a functioning person again. So I can completely 100% understand what somebody feels like when they do this well can you please try to explain do, do you feel yourself spiraling into this point and 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 was it um, did you start losing control I, of your mind i did i i've always had anxiety from you know when i was younger um it would ebb and flow but just something different happened i really can't explain it but it became where i the thought of living one more second was one more second than I could tolerate. And that, that trumped the alternative, which was the unknown and, and nothingness? Yes. Oh, I would have taken... I, I, I had something in my hand. I was ready to do it. And luckily, I, I couldn't do that to my children. I couldn't do that to my family. Wow, and wow. somehow I managed to call them and not do what I was going to do. And... I still think about it. I, I don't think I'd ever get to that point again. But there is no calling anybody. It's not like I had a bad day. It, it's a bad... You never know what's in somebody's head. You, you I get it. You but, the, but the fact that that's an option, it shouldn't be like... And look, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, again, call Spot if, if you ever have these thoughts. Yeah, no, if, you kidding. Kidding. Like, if you run no, out of really. like, yeah, if you run uh, out of people, serious. Spot told <laughs> No, we're being serious. And honestly, yeah, we, know, no, we talk know. all the time. I wouldn't even give a shit. Who would ever care if, if you called me in the middle of the night i don't know you from anybody i would try to talk you down the roof uh but thanks for sharing the story i'm sorry about your brother and i'm sorry that uh yeah, you are you know you had, to go through yeah, this, you had to go through this as well it's yeah. it's a but terrible now, so. thank you thank you I, i'm glad to hear that yeah, keep, keep it up keep it up and stay positive and, and, again and, all yeah. easier said than done like rich said but uh the, the fact that this is an option is the worst part about it I, and you heard her too. It's like, you know, it, it is such a, such a pain that you don't want to have ongoing. But she also held on to the positive in her life, like her, you know, her friends and family. And and I think that when you're drowning in all this pain, it's, it's mental. It is hard to see. It's mental health, though, spot. You know why? Because people go through pain, that, uh, no, worse but, pain than than I'm sure other people have ever experienced. 
uh, that have taken their life. But there's other people who are so resilient, man. People who have lost children. People who have lost loved ones close to them. People who got a bad uh, hand at life that powered through it. You know why? Because they had the mental health to, to get there, the strength to get there. It all goes back to that mental health thing, man. And it's a real fucking issue. Would, Yo, there's there's people. You know we've had people on our show that have lost children. Remember we had John Walsh on our show? Yeah. You know, and he started crying, talking about his kid and everything. America's Most Wanted, the host. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what made me think of him. I, but, I, I mean, people who have real pain and real things, you know, that, that were resilient enough to get through it because they were... They were level-headed and had a strong, straight mind. It, it, it all goes back to the mental health and where your it's, mind it, goes. The, the, the way, I want you to be clear, too, that it's mental health, not necessarily someone who has a mental disease. I think it's just mental strength and health, like a, be, being of a healthy mind. I guess my point is, spot, yeah, no, it does. But I think my point is, I think there are times in life where I could understand. I've heard some horrific stories, you know. Where I'm like, yeah, if that happened to me, I don't know how I could possibly want to live ever again after that. I saw like a story. That, that I, saw, I, get. I saw a story about a guy. Yeah. That his wife was walking across an intersection with their baby in a carriage. Right. And some kid speeding his car down the road uh, hit him and he, and he killed his wife and his newborn kid. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm that guy. Right. How could you want to live after that? How could, yeah. You know? Like yeah. That, that, that guy, I'm thinking like, that guy? So I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. I kind of get that. You know, he lost yeah. all will to live after that. I don't know enough about this stuff. I'll be honest with you because I, I can't yeah, really. No, no, I mean, no, Spot, like your, your wife is, uh, you know, deals with this in a professional capacity. Mm -hmm. I like, I can't, as Stanley T would say, phantom. Even when it's the toughest or worst of times, the then again, fact that, the fact then that again people, we haven't maybe really ever been tested. No, we but haven't I'm even lost a parent. Yeah, but yet, what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is, when when bad times happen, I don't know if everyone's even capable of thinking that I want to end it. They might like some. Do you think everyone's capable of having suicidal thoughts? Thoughts, yes. Man, actions different. Yeah, but that I think like then you don't value or love yourself enough. But then again, like I said, maybe I've never felt the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, that someone else has experienced. You know, it, it, there's something to be said about the, the fortunate life one has lived, you know, and, no, but, and the but, blessings but you know that you saying? have. It's not always just people that, listen, you're right. If someone's like, hey, uh, my family died in a terrible accident or I lost my kids or something crazy happens like that. That's not what it's all about, Kavino. Some people, some people haven't gone through, I guess you would say, the traditional terrible things in life, but yet they are still going this way. You know what we've learned from, well, not a whole lot, but from doing the show is that, you know, a lot of times this happens and we discuss it. How many people reach out to us and, and fully admit that they've had these thoughts? Yeah. I'm always shocked to see that. I'm like, this person had those thoughts? Or, you know, so many people will call up saying, yeah, I've had these thoughts. And it's like, wow, man, there's a lot more of that going on than we even fucking realize. So, Fair, you know, Fair, Fairfield, California saying, I have severe depression and at times suicide over the years has felt like a much easier way to deal with things. Yeah, the amount of feedback we get yeah, that no. relates to this stuff is, is shocking, alarming, and, and saddening. And like I said, Spot will talk to anyone. Yeah, no, honestly, you know, call somebody. That's it. What else can we do? So have that's you, it. Anthony given, Bourdain. Have you given out the suicide prevention hotline yet? Go ahead, it's, Spot. It's that song. The, well, uh, I mean, it's also a number. 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. Thanks, Available 24 hours every day. 800-273-8255. I mean, maybe that's an easier option. Maybe you don't want to admit that to someone that knows you. 
You know, people are prideful sometimes. Don't want to, you know, express the truth or express that they have such thoughts. But there's always an option. Yeah. So and there's always someone that cares. Yeah, no, because you're hurting other people, and I'm sure that's not the 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 purpose or the point. But I mean, he, he leaves this 11 year old in in a terrible fucking place. So, I'm sad to hear about it. He seemed like a really cool guy. The end. If you miss any of the Covino and Rich deep thoughts and greatness, catch the show 24-7 with Sirius XM On Demand. Covino and Rich on Fashion Talk 103.